Did you ever think you would make it? I feel I'm so close, I could take sweet victory. I know this life meant for me. Yeah, why would you bet on Goliath when we got bet David? Value payment, giving values contagious. This world of entrepreneurs, we get no value to haters. How they run, homie, look what I become. I'm the, I'm the one. All right, so we got a special podcast here for you with a man named Brian Johnson, but you know him as a liver king, and he's been, uh, you know, he he was with a friend of ours earlier today. He's now in, uh, just flown from New York to talk about some of the things that's been going on. So with that being said, Brian, thank you for being on the podcast, man. I'm so grateful to be here. You know, normally I get really excited and giddy to get on a podcast to talk about ancestral living to do some goddamn good in the world, and I know that's not why. I'm, hopefully we get to pepper some of this in. Hopefully we get to talk about we'll get, We're going to definitely get some of that in as well. Yeah, there's no question about that. But, dude, just looking at you right now, you look like an animal, just so you know that. I mean, I've been around bodybuilders for a long time. Your body looks like somebody who's ready to compete. I appreciate it. I, yeah. I, I, I do. Um, I think as we get more into this podcast, you'll see, for me, it, it's so much deeper than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, also I know that I'm here today because – I fuck shit up. Yep. You know, I own that, and I know we're going to talk about that. Um, I apologize for that, and I'm really here to, to talk about it and to move forward. So, so why don't we start off with that, and then we can get into all the topics that we want to get into. So, you know, it, it, about a year ago, maybe even nine months ago, we start seeing you everywhere, okay? We, you, my, myself, just like everybody, hey, did you hear about the liver? Can you hear about the liver? Did you hear about the liver? I'm like, wow, what's he talking about? So he talking about liver. You got to eat this, and you got to eat bone marrow. I'm like, dude, that's great. Being Middle Eastern, you know, mm-hmm. I've been waiting for somebody to promote liver because nobody likes to eat liver with me. So I'm like, another guy that likes eating liver, and he's not from Iran, or he's not Armenian, Syrian. So that part of it was great. So, <laughs> And then, uh, you know, as you're on podcast, whether it's with whoever it is, you're like, yeah, I don't do steroids, PED. Let me tell you, I did take PED. I'm going to admit to it. And you said the lines that you said. And then uh, uh, came the part from the rest of us. Uh, I mean, I've been around bodybuilders for a long time. My dream was to be Mr. Olympia when I was a kid coming out. I went to the military. Like, that's what I was going to do. And I'm looking at your body, just like everybody else who's in the space, and saying, you know, it's naturally, it's, it's not possible to look like that guy right there. And, and then the st- story comes out last week about the stuff that you were taking in an email. Uh, if you want to put that up there, Rob, when you see in the email, well, you know, this email and that, this was taken and that was taken and this was taken. And for people that are in the space, they know what those things are. You know, you know it yourself. If you're in the space, you know it. Uh, uh, I come from a background where uh, in bodybuilding back in the days, there was the steroids bible edition one and the second one and the third one and they would always change the color i don't remember back in the days with uh, bill phillips from muscle media 2000 who was always the guy that would be straight up and it was very uh, random for people to come out talking about steroids he was one of the first guys that said no i use steroids here's what i do and then arnold did it so for me when, when i saw you not doing it the first thing i thought about was the following there used to be a time 30 years ago if somebody smoked weed you're like oh that guy smokes weed he must be a gangster he must be this Today, if you smoke weed, nobody gives a shit. Like, literally, no one cares. If you go on the street, somebody next to you smoking, oh, that guy's smoking weed. Great. And, and, I, and I think we're getting to a phase where steroids, if a person chooses to do it for whatever reason they want to do it, there's some studies that say you ought to do it, your TRT levels, your testosterone levels are low, this, this, that. I think we're getting to a level where it's no longer a big deal. But you kept saying, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, and then boom, this comes out. And the world hears about it. I've heard your video where you talk about this, but 
maybe share with us, you know, when you first saw this email that came out and the world saw it, what was your immediate reaction when you saw that? And then your mindset when you're making a video to talk to the world who's been thinking you've not been using steroids your entire life. Well, I remember it like it was five minutes ago. Um, I was getting ready to go to bed. It's probably 8.30. I just spent, spent some time with my boys and everything was dark in the house. I'm getting ready to go to bed. Right before I go to bed, I like to just check my phone. Yeah. Make sure there's no emergencies. And um, uh, there's this pew that I sit at in my house. It's nice and dark. Nobody can actually see me. They walk by. They don't even know I'm there. And so I check my phone. And there's a message, a group message that says, do we need to get crisis management involved? And I'm thinking, oh, God, here we go again. Like somebody's overreacting. And so, um, you know, I'm like, what, what, what are we talking about here? So somebody then sends a link to the video. And uh, so I start watching the video. I'm like, I've already seen five of these from the same guy. I'm like, OK, here we go again. Who was the guy that you're talking about? The Derek, same guy. Derek from More Plates, More Dates has made quite a few videos, right? Gotcha. And so I'm all thinking, negative about you. You know, I wouldn't even call them negative. I, I, I would call them the truth. Oh, well, wow. well, you know, there, there's one that's totally fucking full of shit. It's about me having ab implants and ab itching. Like, so I, I will say that's completely not true. Um, but uh, so so I'm like, OK, big deal. Here's another video. Same guy. Right. And then uh, so I say, you know, tell, tell me exactly what minute to go to. So then I went to the minute that they told me to go to. And then they start reading the email that I sent. And I said, holy shit. Like, I did this. And I did this, and I called my wife over. I'm like, wife! She comes over. She sits right next to me. <laughs> so she doesn't have a name. Wife over wife. here. Wife! That's what I said. And, wow, uh, wife over we're here. We're getting primal, bro. <laughs> got primal. She comes over, and she starts watching it with me. And I think she could probably feel my heart beating right wow. next to her. And it was going to come out of my chest. And again, like, everything on there was true. And I said, okay, like, here we are. Right now. We're here. And so my mindset is... Um, I called Derek, uh, and he didn't answer. So then I sent him a text message. I said, hey, man, thank you. And so uh, then he answered. I said, hey, what's the best way to get in touch with you? He said, I'm free now. So I gave him a call, and I said, uh, thank you for doing this. I don't know what good will come of this, but good, bad, and different. You know, everything in life is good, and I'm going to find a way, you know, to make silver linings from this. And so there's so much good. What was his reaction when he said oh, that? Like, how, well, how did he take it? Yeah, well, if, actually, this is what, I, what, what he says, hello, and I said, how long did it take for you to make this documentary? And he, and, and he says, uh, a couple of weeks. And I said, holy shit, a couple of weeks. You did a masterful job. Hats off to you. Thank you for doing this. I don't know what good will come, but good will, will come of this. And he goes, oh, I'm surprised that you're so chill about this. And I said, well, I don't know what you expect me to be. You know, maybe you expect something else. But, you know, I know that you know this too. But, like, you can't be grateful and express a life of abundance and also scarcity and contract at the same time. Like, and so this is my attitude. These are my philosophies, my principles that, that, that drive me. I'm like, okay, I don't know how we're going to deal with this, um, but I'm grateful for this, and I'm going to figure my way you know, uh, into this. Well, I figured my way into it. Now, now, now i got to like go through the storm. And so that's my mindset. You know, that's what I'm thinking. You know? And so the way that I came up with the apology video was just like um, the kids were going to bed. They went to bed. Uh, first thing the next day, I said, hey, I need to talk to you guys. Let's get around the table. So we all got around the table. And really what I said to my kids is, is almost the same thing on the apology video. It was like, I just looked at them, you know, and uh, this is tough, you know. Um, to look your, your kids in the eye and to tell them that you've been lying to them. You know, I've never lied to my kids about anything, but I lied to them about this. So I told them, um, I said, I lied to you guys, you know, and what I did was wrong. Let me tell you what I've lied about. I have taken steroids. I'm on steroids right now. 
And I can tell you the reasons why I'm going to justify it. You deserve to know, you know, why I've justified it. But what I did was wrong. And um, I'll never lie to you guys again. And, you know, the reason why I just the, the mind is such a deadly weapon, mm -hmm. because once I got myself into this, you know, I convinced myself that this had nothing to do with my message. I convinced myself that um, who the fuck am I cheating? Mm. Like, I'm not in a competitive sport. Who am I cheating? You know, and I would say, like, one of the most hurtful things is um, where maybe I did some of the most damage is I convinced myself that the 15 year old boy, my kids, these, these guys, they don't need to hear this message. And so um, there's a whole lot of other things that I'd convinced myself of. But once I'd convinced myself of like these six or seven things, I'm like digging the hole and digging the hole. You know, now I'm answering DMs. Oh, I don't touch the stuff. Never going to touch the stuff. Don't touch this. You know, now I'm going on podcasts, you know, and, and now I'm doing the same thing. And I'm just digging that fucking hole deeper and deeper and deeper, you know, and um, it's probably the, the, the thing that I regret most in my life. Out of all the dumb shit that I fucking have done, mm -hmm. like, I probably regret this the most. So uh, facing my, my kids, what was, um, it was tough, but um, it's brought us closer together. And, you know, another silver lining that I see in this is, like, you know, my, my kids have held me in the highest. They think that mm -hmm. I'm this infallible character. Mm -hmm. And so I will say that I'm, I am grateful that my kids see me drop to my fucking knees. They see how I'm, I'm dealing with this. You know, from day one, I was grateful for it. Um, immediately, I'm like, I own this. I fucking own this. And I'm going to lead myself out of this. And I want you guys to see what ends up happening. I know I'm not rising above this now, but I know in, in time that that will happen. And uh, so that, that's how I handled that. You know, I, I got to tell you, before we went live on the camera, you were talking about how, you know, the life. I live that life a mile away. I live close. I want to do this because I work so hard that I want to spend time with the kids. Your kids are here with you. Your wife's here with you. While you're going through this, that says a lot about the character of the family. And, and anything with family, you know, uh, uh, you know, issues like this, there's not a perfect father in the world. There's not a perfect mother in the world. Uh, the best thing I ever was taught about this that lifted a lot of weight off my back of having perfect expectations of my parents was three things I learned. A guy one time told me this. He says, every kid and a parent, specifically father-son relationship, goes through three phases. First, they idolize, which you just used the word, they idolize that. Then they demonize. I can't believe you did this, dad, which you haven't gone through. Your sons are, they have your back. And the last one is humanize. Daddy's a human. Mm. He's not a machine. He's not perfect. Okay? So that level of, and that lifts weight off our back to become looser parent. Having fun, you still have high standards and expectation. But I'm not here to be perfect. But let me, let me. Uh, first of all, thank you for being transparent. I feel the sincerity here from you uh, a, a lot more than the video I watch. I think the video is kind of like, dude, what I say? So much pressure. You're like under so much pressure when you look, look at something like this. So you're trying to say everything knowing there's going to be, you know, you can't give the perfect message. Specifically, these types of messages, people are going to tear it apart and they're going to say here and there. But a couple of things I, I want to ask you is why do you think, uh, you know, why do you think the public was. Uh, uh, frustrated with the fact, like, how do you think the public has felt? Because you said something, you said your line was, look, before I was rich and anonymous, and then after social media the last year, now I'm rich and famous. Maybe not those words, but in that context, right, that you said. I'm prefacing what you said. And that makes sense. There's power in being 
low key and having your own life and just kind of not getting bothered by anybody. You can go anywhere. I was at Beverly Hills Hilton, by the way. My wife's across the street. You're going to Beverly Hills Hilton. We're staying at the same hotel. I'm going to the restaurant. You're walking in. She's like, babe, did you see that guy? I say, yeah, it's just Prime. It's Liver King. He's just walking in there, right? <laughs> Supposedly uh, four weeks ago, five weeks ago, you were in L.A. We were in L.A. But people now recognize you everywhere you go. But what do you think is the level of frustration from fans, other influencers, when you say something like this, what do you think upset them the most? The relationship with you and the fan. You know, fans, when they run up to you, they feel like they've known you. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like they were just kicking it with you. Yes, it's kind of weird when you talk to a fan. And, and a fan today is very different than a fan of 20 years ago. The fan of 20 years ago is you only see that Hollywood celebrity in a movie. So it's like, oh, my God, it's Sylvester Stallone. But the fan today is he watches you every day on a podcast, every day on Instagram, every day on TikTok. It's not just a fan. It's my boy. Yeah. It's my, you know, so what yeah. was, what was, and, what would disappointment did you experience with the fans? What yeah. do you think they're thinking? And, and, and they really know me. I mean, yeah. I, I, first thing I do, I get up, I make a good morning story. I mean, I'm filming stories all throughout the day, every single day, you know, to let people in. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, I, I don't know how really to answer this other than, um, I, I let them all down, you know, um, I said that I didn't do this thing. I said that I didn't do steroids this whole time. You know, and I've been doing them. And so I think that when you're dishonest with, with somebody, when you mislead somebody, um, I believe that what they feel is betrayed. You know, and, and so what I try to share back is, um, first thing I always want to say is I apologize for this. I did this. I did this. Um, I own that. And, and I know what I did was wrong. But I, what I try and make sure everybody understands is the North Star is that 4,000 people a day actually kill themselves that 80,000 people that they try, that 85% of the population has self-esteem issues, 80% struggle paycheck to paycheck. And there's a reason, right? Like, why do we live beyond our means, right? Why are we trying to project our status, our worth, our potential with shit that you put on your, on your wrist, with what you car, with, with the car that you drive? You know, 70% of the population is overweight, half are obese, 50% on prescription medicine, 40% have or will get cancer, and 20% want to have kids and can't have kids. My North Star is that the world is hurting at record rates. My kids couldn't breathe. They had to go by ambulance to the hospital year after year after year. Ancestral living was our salvation. And I know how badly people are hurting, right? So I feel that I've been disloyal. I feel like I have betrayed. I, th I think that this is probably the sentiment that I betrayed them. And so what I try to share back is um, I just ask for you to, to do two things. You know, the, the, the facts are the facts, these statistics. I know how desperately people are hurting. And I believe with my heart and soul that there's a better life. It's a simple way of living. It's the ancestral lifestyle. So the, the sentiment, you know, that, that I'm getting from a lot of people that I read is, um, hey, Ben, you let me down. I believed in you. You let me down. Um, I'm actually shocked at, at the favorable sentiment that, hey, mm -hmm. you know, uh, even though you did this, you were mad enough to come forward. Here's how you've changed my life. And I'm like, holy shit, man. Like, I, I just start reading some of these DMs and so many kids, you know, who are living a better life. And I'm like, well, I got to keep doing this. Mm -hmm. That's you know. a powerful message, by the way. Like everything you just said about being a better person and how, how much people are struggling and depression. Like if you just stuck with that message, right, and just continued to work out and didn't do steroids but still looked like a massive fucking caveman animal, wouldn't the message still be as powerful, right? Like why do you need steroids to, to embrace that message? Yeah, the steroids aren't for the message. The steroids are for me, you know, um... Somebody asked me, hey, cut all the fucking shit. Give it to me in one line. And I don't know if this is one line, but I think what it really boils down to is, number one, overtraining. 
and number two, my self-worth. And, and so what's required of me to go to bed at night, to look in the mirror and be like, hey, man, you're okay. You're worth it. You earned it. You did what you need to do, right, to be your best. Um, for me to sleep okay at night, I have to put myself in the gym twice a day to kill myself, to crush myself, to destroy myself. And it's at least twice a day. This is what I publicly say. You know, a lot of times I'm getting in there a third or a fourth time, you know, and, and, and that's what is required of me, right, to feel like I did it. You know, I don't know if you've ever gotten something that you didn't earn and you know you could have earned it. Mm -hmm. And if that happens over and over and over. And so um, so for me, um, this made a big difference. Um, PEDs made a difference for me to allow myself to get into, to, to maintain two of these workouts a day. And, and the dangerous thing is after PEDs, I'm like, oh, shit, I can get in here maybe a third time, maybe a fourth time. And so for the first time today, um, what I talked about is, OK, well, why do I need to do that? You know, some, so someone asked me actually the other day, today's the first time I ever talked about it, and, um, and I've never dealt with this before. You know, I, I don't really, I've never really believed in trying to talk about some of my deep-seated shit in the past. I'm like, you know what, I got a chip on my shoulder. Good, good. Um, so I started talking about, okay, so why do I need to do that? And so I think what it really um, harkens back to is my life from when I was 10 to 15 years old was just a fucking hellhole. I was the only one of my kind at school. I was tiny. I was just a tiny kid. I was the only white kid at school. Everyone else spoke Spanish. Um, everyone was so much bigger. Everyone had body hair, except for me. They were a foot taller than me. That explains the beard now. You're just like, fuck it, I'm going all in. <laughs> I'm bearding it up, man. Thank God. This is you? That's me at 15. Bro, you're not a tiny kid at all. What are you talking about? But he's, he's... Well, by the way, that's 15, and, and this is what, what I'm getting at. And, and yeah. so, so what I'm getting at is um, every day I'm getting the shit kicked out of me, and I don't fight back not once. You know, people are just punching me, and and you many just times taking ass whooping. Well, many times I got knocked out, and and, and the bell had already rung, and I got a fight by bug bag. Half the time they hit it, most of the time it was in the trash can. I already fucking know my book bag's gone. It's probably in the trash can, and then you got to try and figure out what period is it, what class am I supposed to be in? Most of the time you go to the wrong fucking class, hmm. um, and that that happened for so many years that um, I remember I would look in the mirror and I had zero self worth. I was, I was totally embarrassed. I was humiliated of, like, I became this guy. And I wanted to be anything different except for this fucking guy. I did not want to be this guy. Um, anyway, so I, I went through that probably from about, you know, 10 to 14, 10 to 15. I started, I had been working out actually for, for a little while. Um, but probably around 13, 14, somebody said, hey, man, you look pretty strong. I'm like, holy shit, really? You think I look strong? And so I doubled down on all that stuff. There's a whole lot more to this story. I don't know if you guys want to hear it, but. Um, we do. I actually, because I think they're, they're, you know, I do want to hear it and I want to go through it because I think there's a lot of people that need to hear it who are going through it and it's a very lonely place. And, you know, when you hear these stories about why did you become a UFC fighter? I got bullied growing up. Why did you become a, you know, boxer? Because I got bullied growing up. Why did you go do bodybuilding? Because I was sick and tired of people pushing me around. I wanted to intimidate them through my muscles. Why'd you, why are you so relentless and successful? Because I couldn't stand being bullied and I didn't see of somebody of value because I was always compared to this kid or that kid. That's very natural to go through that. But, but, and, and by the way, again, uh, uh, I appreciate you being sincere and being straight up. And, and you're not going to be talking about this a year from now, two years from now, five years from now. It's just you do it right now. The pain happens. You move on. You go to the next thing. And people are going to leave you alone. One thing about the world I've learned, my dad told me something very interesting when we saw Kobe, the late Kobe, and we're diehard Kobe guys. And, you know, we're in L.A. So that's, that's like our guy. Like Kobe's my guy, a friend, a guy that I really admired watching. He's an August 23rd, 78 baby. I'm an October 18, 78 baby. When he came to L.A., we grew up with this guy, right? So when he went through some of the stuff, 
and you sound far, my dad would say, let me tell you one thing about America. Here's what America's all about. For whatever reason, Americans fiend seeing a man fall and be publicly humiliated. Mm. He says, but you know what Americans love more? I said, what? They love redemption. Mm. They love redemption stories. I just got the chills all over my body. Mm-hmm. He says, they love redemption stories. He says, you may fall one day, don't worry about it. They love redemption in America. It's a good story to be thinking about that because that is the DNA of America. But but I want to I want to say something because I I you know I, there's some people that are like, well you know why would you have that guy on? Let me tell you what he done. So, oh, 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 oh. Why would you do this on my gym? Look, I've had I've had people that have killed people. You haven't killed anybody. I've had mobsters here. I've had criminals here. I've had FBI guys. I've had CIA guys that are hated. I've had a lot of different people here. Okay, what you did is. You did steroids and told people you've never done steroids on PED and GH. Okay, fine, no problem. This is the part that I think I'm going to speak at, be, speak on behalf of the audience, and I think this is what the audience is thinking about. And I'd love to see you address it, and we go from there. So, you know, as a kid, what was most annoying is I'd go to school. I'm a 1.8 GPA guy, and I really I'm like screw all of you guys. I failed uh, biology. My teacher, Miss Tiffany, stood me and shunt up, and he says, "Listen, even if you guys get an A, a hundred on the final, you're not getting a D. You can go home." So I'm that guy, right? Hmm. But you know who the annoying person was in class? The person was like, "Oh my God, I got a 98 on the test, and I didn't even study. It's so crazy." I'm like, "Holy shit, I must be a dumbass." This person didn't study and got a freaking A. I'm I'm a, I'm an idiot. I'm like terrible, right? Or or the person like you know, um, oh that girl. Yeah, I got a girl every day. Oh, this guy. Everybody wants to be with me. Yeah, you paid her five hundred bucks. You paid the other girl five hundred bucks. You paid the other. She's like, I'm, I must be an idiot. I can't hook up with any girls, right? And then the other part. Oh, all my money. It's all self, self you know, self made. My parents gave me nothing. Ten years later, you find out the kid got twenty eight million dollars when you know his mom died or grandpa died or somebody died. No money get. Don't, that's the feeling that produces frustration because one cannot compete with that. You know, one of the best, one of the reasons why I stopped bodybuilding, where it was going to be my life, and I appreciate the disguise being straight up with me. I get out of the army. I didn't do steroids in the army. I got out. When I got out of the army, I did uh, six weeks of Primo Ballon. I don't know if you're familiar with Primo Ballon. It's a, you know, it's a, heard of it. yeah, Primo Ballon. And then I did a couple pills of Anadrol 50. And I took some Clen. I only took Clen for one week because Clen made my heart go. I'm like, dude, I can't touch Clen at all. So I, this is me at 18, 19 years old. I'll get, this is what I'm going to be doing. And this is pre-primo. You know, uh, uh, I haven't touched anything here. This is purely in the Army, right? This is what I'm going to be doing. If you go on the picture right there on the bottom, right there on the one lower, this is, if you click on that, that's primo. That's uh, uh, Anadrol 50. That's that face, okay? Mm-hmm. I, I have 21-inch arms at this face. I can't have 21-inch arms naturally uh, at 21 years old. Uh, so now, unless if my name is Ronnie Coleman, which he can because right. he looked like that till he was 30 years old. And then one day I went to Mr. Olympia, okay? And I hung out with all these guys. But put the picture with me and Dorian Yates, top left. Look, this is him and I when he... This is at his peak when he was killing everybody, and at the bottom, twenty some years later, we meet each other. Right? It's an interesting picture, right Looks there like with it's him and I. Venice, right there. Yeah, that is Venice. That's, That's Venice at a tattoo parlor. It's, it's at Venice Beach. Yeah. So we meet the second time around. But I went to Mr. Olympia Vegas. Never forget because a lot of shit happened when I was at Mr. Olympia. Good, bad, and ugly all combined. And my life changed at this Mr. Olympia event. So, and I hung out with all these guys. These are guys that would compete: sixth place, fifth place, fourth place. They're partying hard. These guys are partying like freaking rock stars. It was insane the shit they were doing. It wow. stays between us and them, but they were partying like freaking rock stars. 
And I said, listen, guys, I want to go into this space. What do I need to do? What do you need to do? Shit. You really want to go through it? Let's go through it. Winnie, Deca, Sostene, pa, pa, Anavar. All of this stuff that they went through. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do it. And I stepped away. And the average bodybuilder was five. You, Mr. Olympia is five tens a good height. Five eight, five ten, six two and a half. Arnold, that's in the seventies. You ain't gonna do it today. Today you have to be five eight, five nine, five ten. Mm. And I stepped away. What I liked about it was the fact that they managed expectations with me up front. And I made a decision as a kid. When I say kid, I'm 21. I'm a grown man. But, you know, it's a kid compared to these men that are 32, 34, 35 years old. You're also 6'4", Pat, despite what the Internet says. I totally get it. Yeah. I am 6'4". But what I'm trying to say is yeah. that made me want to say, yeah, you look like that because you're using that. I don't have to worry about anything. I'm stepping away. That's probably the biggest challenge I have with this here is the fact that it makes a, a guy – sit there and say, dude, maybe I freaking suck. So it actually, when you're talking about the anxiety, the 4,000, the 80,000 people committing suicide, the other day I send a message, a guy texts me back saying, Pat, I'm, I'm about to kill myself. I'm what are you talking about to call this guy? Like what you're saying is true. It's very, very true. But I think the cause of it, Brian, is um, there's a guy I was talking to one time. I'm like, so how's your marriage? Oh, my wife and I never argue. I'm like, shit, I'm never getting married because all I saw is mom and, my mom and dad arguing. <laughs> yeah. Versus I talked to you. I'm like, how's marriage? What are you talking about? 30 minutes ago, we just fought. And it was a pretty bad fight. And marriage is hard. And it sucks at times. Matter of fact, 80% of time it sucks because you're dealing with kids, in-laws, arguments, insecurities, your fears, your this, finances. Da, da, da. It's freaking sucks 80% of time. Then I say I'm willing to get married. Versus, oh, we have a perfect marriage. I don't want to get married if you're, because I'm never going to be able to compete with perfection. So, so I, think, I think the reason why people are having so many suicide and anxiety and panic because they see so much perfection with a Kim Kardashian. They see so much perfection with all these other people, and they say, Dude, I can never amount to this. So the story you're telling now and just opening up and saying, you know, I, I messed up royally. Here's where I'm at. Uh, believe it or not, I'm sure you feel like you got it thousand pounds off your back that you're like dude fuck this is awesome yeah. that i don't have to carry this shit anymore but also same time i think if i do maybe i'm alone in this year maybe i'm just the only one that thinks like this and fans don't but if i typically i can understand how the fans would relate to this i think that's probably the biggest frustration with this story because it makes them feel like when they compare to you maybe you're just a human specimen and i can never be like you mm. you know what i'm saying yeah I think that's the biggest pain that they're having. Yeah. You know, I love what you said about your dad. Um, that advice is incredible. Um, I love that. Um, you know, as I was growing up, my, my, my dad died before I have a memory of him. I have no memory of him. And uh, I didn't have anybody to put their arm around me, you know, to mentor me. And this is not my excuse, right? But, um, uh, but, but what I will say is uh, I feel like I've had the opportunity to mentor a lot of young men. And I feel like when you say you feel like some, some weight has been lifted, absolutely I do, but for about one fucking minute. Because then on the other shoulder, it's like, well, there's all this other weight, you know, because now I'm going to face everything that I'm dealing with right now. And now I feel a deeper sense of responsibility and obligation, yeah. you know, to, to say, hey, we have to acknowledge that the world is hurting at record rates and there's this path forward and it's a simple solution. It doesn't cost anything. I understand the frustration. It totally makes sense. Um, it, it, to me, it doesn't change the path forward. It's like we, we still nobody's talking about a lot of these things. You know, it's like I, I want to forcefully talk about a lot of these things. And then I want to be able to talk about, well, again, there, there's 
modern day primitive culture tribes live this way. Early ancestors live this way. You know, a lot of people actually are talking about it, like Andrew Huberman, Joe Rogan is actually even talking about a lot of this stuff. They're not calling them the nine ancestral tenants, but they're all talking about sleep. They're all talking about eat. They're all talking about they're all talking about these same things. And so what I'm and they're talking about it, you know, in sort of like a disjointed way. You know, so what I'm trying to do is talk about it in, in a very well-organized, packaged way. Here's what we can do so that we don't live with depression, so that we don't have suicidal ideation. Yes, we, we, we have a lot that um, to measure up to, especially when it's a false expectation. But I believe when you know your roles and goals in life, and I believe when, when you're making progress with your roles and goals in life, and I believe that when you, because a lot of people are like, okay, like it's this one thing. It's this one thing. It's tough to measure up to the King, Kim Kardashian. It's tough to measure up to the Liver King. Well, it's so multifactorial. You know, you know how many times somebody's had extreme anxiety and what they've actually had is a nutrient deficiency. Mm -hmm. And so many kids that have been in and out of psychiatric wards, all they've done is start eating liver. I don't give a shit who's so if you're not even buying a supplement, they start eating liver and they've not been and back into a psychiatric ward and their anxiety and obsessive compulsive is gone. You know, and once again, it's not just how you eat. It's how you move. It's getting connection with the sun. It's putting down the damn phone. It's the bond ancestral tenant. It's all nine of these things. So there's no doubt what you said is true. Um, setting an expectation that, that that's impossible to meet, this is unfair, right? But, but it's so much deeper than that, which is why I'll say, you know, it, it's all nine ancestral tenants. Once again, I, I, I know this, you know, I, I got to own this. And that's why on the other shoulder, I'm like, fuck, you know, there, there's even more weight now. Now I have to actually like do a much better job at leading this charge. Yeah, I, 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 I understand. I, I just want to make sure that uh, you 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 see the pain the fan is going to get if they think they can ever be like you. I, these nine tenets, I, I agree with every one of them. Sleep, eat, move, shield, connect, cold, sun, fight, bond. You saw what O'Malley said. He says, it sucks that this is happening because this is actually an effective philosophy. Like what this is, this is solid. You know, it, it, it the the steroids being not disclosed, no, I'm fully natural, I'm this, I'm that. This, unfortunately, taints this a little bit. Right. This has a lot of credibility. What you're saying here is who's debating this? There's a bunch of people that are talking about this. But but I think it's it's just understanding that um, the fan is sitting there saying, I can never be like this guy. I was having a conversation with my kid. I get it. Yeah. I, mean, I, yeah. I, I, I was yeah. that from 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. I could never be like anybody around me. I could never measure up to that. So then you understand the pain that they would this go through. This is what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I feel like I let a whole generation down. Perfect. Mm. Yeah. L Liver King, how long have you been using steroids? Since I was 40. And how old are you now? Uh, 44. So for the last four years, you've been using steroids. And, and at age 40, how massive were you at that point? I probably weighed 180. And you're what now? 195. All right, so you've come clean. You feel good. Truth shall set you free, right? Everything that... Pat's dad said Gabriel's signature is right there. He's the wisest man I know. Uh, do you think you'll still continue to use steroids? You know, I believe so deeply in this message that um, I'm, I'm not going to do it anymore. But why? It feels like, I mean, hear me out. You did it. You enjoyed doing it, clearly, because, I mean, it made you feel better. It helped you with your self-esteem. You looked better. You know, all the, the, the positives that came with steroids You've admitted it. Why don't you say, yeah, I've been using steroids. It, 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 I'm sorry I lied to you guys. But if you use steroids now, you think that would ruin your entire message? Why not just continue if, if you enjoy it? That's my question. Yeah. Well, like I said, I, I believe so deeply in this message. 
and that my root cause is, is really the overtraining issue. I got to figure that out. Mm-hmm. I got to figure out the overtraining issue. I got to figure out the self-worth issue. Um, yeah. But I do believe I can come off of steroids. Um, I'm on testosterone and growth hormone. Okay. Right? And, and I'm on 0.6 cc's. I don't know if you know what that means. Not a lot. It's, it's, and so some of the guys I've talked to, they're like, I don't know what that's doing for you, actually. Um, I have no doubt that the growth hormone has helped significantly. How, how addictive are steroids? Like, I have friends that, look, they've been partying. They got, they got alcohol issues. There's people with, you know, drug issues, pill popping, heroin. You hear these crazy stories about, it's hard for me to get off cigarette smokers, all the above. Are steroids addictive? How addictive are they? I don't know. Uh, I've, I've not come off, you know, so... Um, uh, I've not come off of testosterone. It's, it's been a low dose of testosterone for this amount of time. Um, I've been on growth hormone for a, a year and a couple of months. And so, you know, in terms of the addiction, you know, I, I don't know. Um, so what I'm going to do, you know, this whole thing was an experiment, you know, to, to go on it. I found a, a pretty profound difference in it. Mm-hmm. And so now it's my time to see, okay, what the fuck can I do not taking them at all? And, yeah. and hopefully be able to share that story. That's gonna be. The, that's, I was gonna say that's gonna be a, a dope journey, just showing everybody. Because all the you know the heart and soil. I'm, I'm. I'm. You know. I'm saying I'm a huge fan. I use it. I even told Pat earlier. I have grass fed, grass finished, frozen liver. I eat that almost every day. Just not not too much, but like a couple ounces, and just you know the brain and everything. I think it's gonna be a. It'd be a cool transformation to show everybody and bring everybody to that journey. Because like Pat said, you mess up. Everybody has secrets. He has them. He has them. Everybody in this building has them. I have them, some worse than others, but that weight is off. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, taking advantage of this movement now because those fans that were hurt now can say, okay, manned up, and now let's see where this, mm-hmm. where this journey is going to go. I think, I think it's, it's going to be a good one because, I mean, you're still, you're still going to keep working out. You're still going to do yeah. everything let, else. Let me, right? let, me, let me ask a, a, a question for you, Brian. So uh, uh, you, you've had money for a minute. It's not like you, you didn't fly here in a you know, chart. You flew here in a private jet. You flew from Austin to New York to here back to Austin. And that, that I can tell you, the jet fuel cost, what kind of plane is it that you guys flew in? It's, uh, Citation sovereign. You spent probably 140 grand, 130 grand, some number like that. And, you know, you're spending a six-figure check to just travel New York and here. So a person who does that, you're not doing it if you don't have money. So you made money. You've had success with capitalism and all that other stuff, and you've done well for yourself and your family. You live in a nice place. You know, you have a good lifestyle. You drive a bigger truck than mine, which is freaking awesome. The F-450, <laughs> it's sick. And, uh, but you know, like uh, for myself, the first time I was 21 years old, I got out of the Army. So remember how I said I was going to go be the Mr. Olympia thing? And then I met this guy who introduced me to a billionaire in Newport Beach. And he started a company, and I started working with this guy. Uh, he was one of the guys that started shopping.com and sold it to Alta Vista for 331. He's living in a $35 million home at the time, 99. His home just sold for 65 million. It's the sickest house in Newport. It's beautiful. I wanted to buy it, but I didn't want to move back to Newport Beach. Anyways, um, so I started hanging out with this guy. Every Sunday, I'm entertaining people on his yacht. So I'd go to Balboa Club, whatever it is in Newport. I would fill it up with 60 people and drink champagne and you know shrimp and hi hey patrick but david let me tell you guys a story about what we got going on here that's the house that's the founder that's the this that's the that and next thing you know i'm making money at 21 and i'm going to vegas every other weekend partying my ass off and my ego is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and you cross the line from being confident to arrogant to untouchable to nobody can tell you shit. And then, boom, 
everything falls and I lose it all. Girl, finances, debt, then the car, everything's gone. And I'm by myself. And at this point, I'm trying to find the smallest hole in the wall to go hide so nobody can see me. And the hole for me was going back into the army. Mm. I was going to escape here to just get the hell away from everybody. I didn't want to deal with anybody. I would go to the clubs and say, hey, so where is your car at? Where are you with Mr. Millionaire showing up on your Ford Focus? $228 a month payment I got from Galpin Ford. Um, and shout out to Jaime Godina for selling it to me. He's at, I think he's at Galpin Honda right now. He sold my, bought a bunch of cars from this guy. I love that you're giving him a shout he's out. He's a freaking great Hi. salesperson. Great sales. He, I, I wish... I'm going to bring him one day to tell the story when he sold me the car and how broke I was. How many times? We stayed till midnight until I could get the freaking credit approved to get this car because my credit score was 500 to get this Ford Focus. Good so man. I pull up to the car, uh, club. Hey, where the million dollars at, right? I'm like, oh, man, I got to get the hell out of here. I'm so sick and tired of these bullshit questions. I'm going to go back to the Army. And then the benefit I had, I had people that sat me down and called my ass out. And let me tell you, Dude, there's nothing more annoying than that. Like you want to slap these people upside the head and say, who the hell are you to talk? Do you know who I am? But you sit there and you take it and you're like, oh, fuck. Shit. So you then go home and maybe I'll, you don't even. Call you out on what? On everything. Dude, everything. You thought you were better than us. You thought you were mm. this. You thought you were smart. You thought you knew everything you were doing. Just pure arrogance that happened at 21, 22. Mm. So the best thing that happened to me is I fell very early. Then I realized I need people way ahead of me in life that as good as I'm doing, these guys are going to make me feel small. There's a, there's a power to having people around you that make you feel like, relax, bro. You're okay. You're not, you're not hot shit as you think you are, right? So do you have those types of people in your life that, you know, when sometimes... You're going through to say, dude, listen, behind closed doors, hey, Brian, let's relax. This Liver King shit, I get it. You're just Brian, bro. Kick it. You know, I, when I play dominoes with you, I whoop your ass. So you ain't that bad. <laughs> and I know your fears. I know your insecurities. Like, do you have those types of people in your life? And if you do, who are some of these guys? Yeah, I have a couple of guys like that. Um, uh, we, my wife and I went through a 10-year stint where we failed over and over and over. It was like we, we stuck with something far longer than we should have. And... Um, and this is my advice to a lot of entrepreneurs is get in there, take massive action, you know, fail fast, fail early, because if you can do that in your 20s, I mean, what, what a gift that is. Um, and I'm like, you know what, I'm never going back to that again. And when my wife retired, you know, she was like, hey, listen, I'm going to go. And I'm going to be a stay at home mom. And now you're going to figure all this other stuff out. And I'm like, OK, cool. You know, I'm going to figure this out. And uh, and I knew that I would never go back to a brick and mortar that was open Monday through Friday from eight to whatever. I'm like, okay, what's open 24 seven, 365. How yeah. can I sell on 55 continents, 55 continents, 55. It's a lot of continents. <laughs> You're like Elon Musk. You go to other planets. <laughs> yeah. um, so I, I would say that I, I got a couple of guys around me that are way smarter than me that do call me out on my shit. And I couldn't be more grateful for them. You know what? One of them told me a long time ago, um, because we had gotten into business with somebody and, and, you know, before going into business with somebody, like you don't have to ask anybody anything. You just do whatever you want to do. You're the owner, right? Um, and then I went into business with somebody, and I no longer could really just serve the mission that I had. And I said, you know what? I'm never doing that again. You know, I'm, I'm never going to have a business partner ever again. And then I got to know some guys that were way better than me, that I needed to have around me. So that, you know, I, I think you've heard this before, but it's like, you know, if, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And you can go fast and far, I believe, if you have a true, a, a, a tribe of true believers. And so I got a couple of guys around me that um, are way better than me. 
you know, that, that do level me up, that I do look to them. Um, and, uh, but, but here's the thing that this, this thing, uh, I've, I've locked this inside. You know, I've not shared this, you know, with them. And um, they've, they've had their suspicions. They've asked me in the past. And I've just kind of brushed it aside. And I've always just, hey, what are you doing? What are you taking? Look at the way you look, you know. And, and so um, that wasn't fair to them. Uh, but, but I will say that um, I mean, there's no way that I would have any of the success that I've had financially without this team, without these guys that have made me better. It, 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 you know, we had President Bush at an event two years ago, whatever, three years ago. I don't remember. It was three, three 2019. Ago, 2019, yeah. And when I announced him, people were very upset. Why would you bring him here? Do you understand what happened with 9-11? I can't believe this. You know, we're running an insurance agency. Half are Democrats, half are Republicans, right? So it's not like, and there's a percentage that could give a shit about politics. But no matter who it is, they don't remember good things about what media said about President Bush. And he got up, and I'm interviewing him. And he starts talking about, yeah, one day, let me tell you, I'm at the house. And I realized for five years, my kids are aging. And all I'm doing is drinking every night when I'm coming home. I'm like, what are you doing? I took all the alcohol and I went to the bathroom and I dropped it, and put it on the flush the toilet. I'm like, I'm done. And then from there, I cleared my life. Blah, 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 blah. And next, you know, governor, president, all this stuff. You know, at the end of it, bro, as crazy as it sounds, you know, I don't know if history is going to say this guy's one of the greatest presidents of all time. I don't know if they're going to say that about it. he's one of the greatest of all time. But I do think history is going to say, I like this guy. I, you know, I, I, he's not going to be on the top 10 list. But he's going to be on the list of, what a cool guy. You know, he's never trashed Trump. He's never trashed Obama. And Obama trashed Trump. Obama trashed him. Trump trashed Obama. Trump trashed him. And he just sat on the back. He's like, yeah, just spend time with my family. Mm. So he redeemed himself. And the world is not. People who would never have him on the show, they're having him on their show. Like, you know, I like this guy. So I do think there's a opportunity we all go through with this part. When, you know, we sometimes go through it, I just think it's important to have the right people uh, in your life. So, by the way, when Adam asked the question. I'm looking for more of them, by the way. You know, when we were driving over here today, I said, you guys, Striker Ratter in the backseat, I said, you guys know that we have the opportunity today to meet respective giants in their field. The be- Look at what, who we met this morning. Look at who we're about to meet right now. You better give a firm handshake. You better look them in the you're eye. You're telling this to your boys. I'm telling this to my yeah. boys. And I'm saying, you realize this is what you're, why you're here. You realize what you're going to learn That's big. when you're with me. Yeah. And you get to study the best in the world because yep. of what we get to do right now. You guys pay attention to this kind of stuff. Pay attention to, to, to how PBD asks questions. Pay attention to everyone that you're meeting right now. Um, and so... Uh, I, I guess I'll just say I mean, this is part of my hope and goal right now is to be able to shake your hand today and to be able to have you in my network, somebody that I can look up to, somebody that's far better than me, that's achieved so much more than me, that, that can make me better. I respect that. And, bro, let me tell you, uh, for, you know, last week Andrew Schultz cornered me. I didn't appreciate it. I wanted to fight him. I <laughs> but Andrew, Andrew, he's a we're bully. We're looking for you, Let, Schultz. Don't, don't anybody fool you. He's a bully. Come yeah. tell Andrew, if you're watching this, you're a bully. You know who you are. So but he when po- he's a bully, he's so cool. He's like, <laughs> he, yeah. he, he, he almost fell out of the chair. Let me tell he's you He's the this, coolest uh, bully on the campus. Cool, so, he, you know, he corners me and he's asking this question. Do you have any aspirations, politics, whatever, why not, all this other stuff? And I say, listen, you know, life is very weird. You don't know what role you're playing, okay? You may be going through this. And you're training those two boys, and one of them's going to be a president. You don't even know it yet. It may take you 40 years to realize, holy shit, that's why God put, man, how freaking weird is that? Yeah. And the issue today in 30 years, guess how big it is? 
like this, yeah. right? It's so weird how life works. I'm going to tell you a crazy story about my dad, and then we can transition into some other things. My dad never talked about his dad. I never met my grandpa, my dad's dad. Always respect. My dad will never say anything bad about his family. Super protect. Even if they're wrong, he'll never say they were wrong. He's like the straight up, like, never do anything to undermine his brothers, sisters, none of them. Even if they screwed up, nothing, right? And if he does, it's always from a standpoint of, but no one's perfect. And, you know, he kind of goes that angle. So one day he's like in the uh, apartment and we're living together and he's in tears. He's crying. And I'm like, uh, uh, so what, what's, what's up? What's going on? He said, you wouldn't believe what happened. I said, what happened? And he's just like rubbing his forehead like this. I'm not, we're not living together at that time. I don't know what year this is, but I'm sitting there talking to him. And he says, do you know what Siamak just told me? Siamak is our brother-in-law. We, love, we call him a saint. He's a sweetheart. He married my sister. Their 20-year anniversary just happened a couple weeks ago. He says, do you know how my dad died? I said, I don't know how your dad died. He says, my dad died because he had uh, a stroke. And he says, you know what was the most painful thing for me? He says, no. I said, he says, my father... In the last month before he died, he said a lot of painful things to me. And he's never said that to me because I love my dad. And I'm like, I have no clue where this guy's going with this, right? My dad's very guarded. He won't open up. He says, uh, for 35 years since this man died, whatever the timeline, I've been trying to figure out why would you on your deathbed say so like you're such a disappointment son, you're so this. Mm. These are painful words from the man you look up to. He says, Siomak just came home and told us his dad just had stroke and he went to check on his dad and every day his dad's telling him how disappointed he is in him, okay? And then the doctor, after a couple weeks, just pulls him aside and said, listen, one of the symptoms when a man's having a stroke and they're in this situation, they say very hurtful things to the people they love the most. Mm. And Siamat came to console to my dad and open up to my dad and my dad's like, dude, are you kidding me? I've been freaking dealing with this for 35 years. That's what my dad told me. Yeah. Look at the wow. 35 freaking years for my dad to take this weight off his back. Wow. It's such, you don't know what I just, he's telling me this storm center saying, holy frick. Mm. That means some of the answers to certain questions that we're going through right now. You mean to tell me I have to wait 35 years for the answer? Yeah. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Talk about patience. Man. Oh my God. So you, dude, you may be going through the shit right now and you ain't going to know for 30 years. And in 30 years, you're going to be like, did you just see what happened? Yeah, is that? Yeah. Damn. Damn, dog. Like, that's a weird thing about life that when we're going through an embarrassing moment and it's like all the spotlights on us, uh, you know, you ain't as big of a deal as you think you are. Like, you know, you tell yourself, you know, relax, bro. You yeah. know, you're going to die. Everyone's going to move on. It's going to be all right. But during this time right now, I understand it's painful. You know, there's been so many guys that have um, put their arm around me, that have been toward me. And there's um, one gentleman in particular who said, uh, you know, that your kids needed to see this. Your kids needed to see you fail like this. Your kids need to see how you're going to handle this. Um, but he said, hey, here's the thing. In 20 years, they're going to use all this against you also. <laughs> and, you, and, and you come talk to me then because I've dealt with that too. Yeah. You know, and so yeah. the, the part of what this um, process has also revealed to me is like how many people are putting their arms around me, mm -hmm. you know, and how bad I've needed people. Um, a lot of what I do is in this little bubble. And I'm like, you know, I know I can do a lot by myself. And, and man, like there's no way I could have done this by myself. Can, can I ask you one question? By the way, the story you just told about your dad, it's so freaking powerful because I dealt with the exact same thing with my father. And I'm like, holy crap. And very powerful. Um, but back to you, you, Pat asked you a very, I think, important question of like, 
All right, you know, everyone, we all have to have homies that kind of call you on your shit, no matter how big you get. All right, bro, relax. All that kind of stuff like that. We all need that. My question is, what role was your wife in this situation? Because she came in, very sweet lady, introduced herself. She says, hi, I'm the liver queen. Yeah. I go, oh, damn, the queen's in the house. So I'm assuming she must have known what you were doing. Um, that's my assumption. I'll let you answer that, obviously. Yeah. I'll, I'll, um, let me say two things about that, because... Yeah. Uh, Earlier when you're like, okay, who do you have around you that, that's mm -hmm. better than you? And I don't really want to share publicly who that is. Uh, but I'll share publicly that there's no doubt um, that my wife is number one. You know, when I knew her, when I first met her, I knew she was way better than me. She's still way better than me. Um, you know, we got this thing in our household, um, loyalty above all. That comes from her. You know, you, you come home with a dead body. You, that person helps you to figure out how to bury it, right? And then you talk about the ethical and moral quandary later, and you <laughs> deal with that internally. Um, uh, what, what I'll tell you is that um, I've never lied to my wife. My, my wife knows about this. Um, we're dealing with that internally as well. I don't know if that, that partially answered your question. Yeah, no, I mean, just because to come clean, and the whole world, and even your best buddies didn't know about this, but it seems like there was at least one or... Two people that knew, the person that found the emails, they knew, obviously, and now your wife. So to be in love with your wife and her and be in your corner, I feel like that would be a double lie in your life. So at least you guys at least had this bond, right? You know, like, so you're not apologizing to her, that whole thing. But oh, now I'm still apologizing to her. I mean, I, look at how I've drugged her into this. You yeah, know, but I've she knew the whole time, brother. So it's not like she didn't know. Mm. So she at any point should have said, Brian, what are we going to do? Like, it's one of the, and like, let me just, but you did steroids. You didn't rip off a billion people. You're not Bernie Madoff. You're not yeah. Sam Bankman Freed. Like, I'm, I'm listening to all this. I'm like, all right, so Brian's in fucking steroids and lied about it. Okay, so, you know, so I, I, like, I'm trying to, in the context of the greater scope of things, what Pat is saying, it's not, I'm not like, what a scumbag, bro. No, I'm just yeah. like, all right, that, that's not what it is. But at the same time, she was very much in the know. So, you know. What's your question? I, what, I, what well, he, you? I was going somewhere with this, but, you know, just the, the relationship with your wife. You didn't lie to her about that. Right. So you're saying that you're dragging her into it, but she kind of dragged herself into it. She knew. Uh, to me, I just want to protect her. I mean, I know that this is my job as a man also, right, is to fight, to provide, and to yeah. protect. And, and I'll stop at nothing to protect her. Mm -hmm. and, and so what, what you're saying may be accurate. Yeah. Um, in my mind, this is my responsibility as a man to always protect her. And so um, that's what I'll say about it. Uh, by, by the way, if I, if I may, from a different perspective, as a married man, mm -hmm. uh, you would die to have a wife like that. Just, 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 just to... Just to because you don't know the conversations behind closed doors. That's between him and his wife. That's none of our business. That's mm -hmm. between their business. Uh, by the way, that's not the angle I, I was I know going you're not. That, All yeah. I'm, I, I just want to come so the audience the, mm -hmm. gets the context as well. Dude, Michael went to jail. Francis went to jail for God knows how many years. And he's been with his wife for 39 years. I don't mm -hmm. know. What's it, they just celebrate 38, 39. Holy shit. Can you imagine? You're, you go. So there's a, people like that you see. And you just have to say, Man. Do you have a sister? Like it's one of yeah. those types of things. Yeah. Like, can you introduce me to your sister yeah, or a yeah. cousin that has your genes and DNA? Because it's hard to find yeah. Yeah. that level of loyalty. I, I guess to, to yeah, be clear, the question I was asking is: at least you weren't lying to her this whole time. That'd be a different yeah. situation. Yeah. If it's like, not only am I lying to the public and my kids and my friends and my family, it's I'm also lying to the person that I sleep with next every day. That's a different type of regret that you would have. It's That's so, what I'm asking. Listen, a friend, a friend of mine. 
when on, if there's one person that knows you're on stuff, is your wife. You know why? Mm. And again, I'm not getting into the personal stuff. Because when you are, you have to go to her three times a day. Okay, so if your wife is sitting there saying, we're not going once every other day, every three days, shit, this guy wants me to go to work to tell I'm freaking tired. I got to work out to be able to handle you, shit. It's like, you understand what I'm saying? Okay, gotcha. I didn't know Believe that because testosterone level from 400 to 12, 1400, dude, she may be running away. Is that true, Brian? I'm not telling He doesn't have to disclose that, but that smile on his face says a lot of stories. Go ahead, Vinny. I was going to ask, so Brian, because your wife, Barbara, I was just Why do we just skip over that? That's what juicy So, Brian, Barbara, your wife, she seems amazing. I follow her on Instagram. I'm just How do you think, how is she, how is she, what's the backlash story? Because I'm pretty sure, because I know people are and shit talkers and how is she dealing with? I'm pretty sure people are hitting her up and like, I can't believe your husband. Like, how 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 is how is she going through and how is it affecting her? You know, I don't know. She she's uh, she says it all in her eyes. Yeah. You know, I mean, the way that she looks at me, the support that she gives me in her eyes. You know, like um, the way she puts her arm around me, the affection that she shows me, the physical love that she shows to me. Um, you know, we have just a, such a healthy perspective on hate. You know, what, what we've always said and what we teach our kids and my wife and I, this is all like our principles, our philosophies that govern all of these actions, right? Is that um, when, you, when you hear a word, like these are just vibrations that enter your ear and it's up to your brain to assign meaning to it, right? And so if you hear hate, if you read hate, it's the same thing. It's your brain that assigns meaning to it. And so the meaning that we automatically assign is these people are suffering and struggling and hurting and hating the most. The language that they speak in is hate. Mm -hmm. So we got to do our jobs you know, even more now, it's like, it, 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 so like if we read hate, it's like, it, it's not like we perceive it as, as something negative. <clears throat> it's like, okay, we got a job to do. Look, look at how badly people are hurting. And so, um, I don't know, my, my, my wife is, uh, I think we're both very similar, like with, with these attitudes. It's like, it's a silver linings kind of attitude. Mm -hmm. Did you get That's that awesome. from the four agreements, by the way? No. Ever read that? No. Where they say don't take anything personally. Yeah. It's just a reflection of what these people are thinking. When somebody's no. talking no. crap and they're just going at you, it's almost like you have to stop and tell yourself, like, wow, what's really going on with that person? You know what? They're built up so much. When I started my first company, the, the, every email was like this, you know, and, and it was like, holy shit, you know, like, you just have to realize how bad they're suffering. And, and if you understand how bad they're suffering, you can help them. Right. Because, I mean, you know, like the natural inclination is, OK, am I going to fight back? Yep. You know, they were coming to you because they were suffering with something in the, in the first place. You have an opportunity to guide them to a better life. Everything that we say to each other is a metaphor for something. Right. The only way that metaphor makes sense is when we process it and assign meaning to it. And if you always give, you know, the illusion of hate, the benefit of the doubt, it's like, you know, I spoke in the hate language, you know, like after 10, 11, 12, 13, I started to keep a list of people that if I could get a gun, these, these guys wouldn't exist anymore. And so um, I know how to speak, and I know what that means. You know, I know where it's coming from. It's coming from a place of deep fucking hurt. And so the second that either of us see that, you know, it's like, well, you know, we feel pretty decent about ourselves. Like, we, we, we know they're not actually trying to attack us. What they're really doing is they're speaking their own language, mm -hmm. and we need to help them. Um, I would just say my, my wife has just been, she celebrated her 50th birthday a couple days ago. Oh, happy birthday. And, uh, and we were having this... Um, this dinner. She's she's fifty. Yeah. The, the, your wife that just walked in is fifty. Yeah. yeah, she's fifty. She looks fantastic. Wow. Yeah, she's. <laughs> I want what four, she's on. Four, she's forty nine right there. That's oh. great. Respect. <clears throat> and and here's the thing: we're going around the table and um, we're sharing wins. Uh, just you know, one of one of the great things that happened previously uh, on that day. And 
And so then I looked over at her. It's my turn. And I'm like, you know, uh, I, I just got really choked up. And all I could really say was, I love you. But it's because of the way that she's been, you know, that this last week, like because of how badly I needed her. And I never said, hey, I need you, you know, but like she knows. And, and, uh, and what she's given me, the strength and the support that she's given me, you know, to, to, to face this and to do this, you know, it's, there's no way I could do this without her. That's awesome. How long have you guys been together? 18 years. Respect. Awesome. Uh, but by, by the way, you know, uh, uh, um, one of the things that I love, a topic that's doing very well right now, and a lot of people are talking about this topic is, you know, uh, being stronger men and, you know, all this, you know, uh, uh, what's the toxic masculinity? I actually think it's great the fact that this topic is is out there and the it's getting men to realize, hey, I gotta stop being a pansy and I gotta stop. I just got a call today on the way here from Robert Kiyosaki and we're talking about the most interesting topic. He called me mm -hmm. to just tell me, hey, I just want to tell you, man, I, I watch this and I, I want to remind you the role that we played and we always joke about being a wartime leader during COVID. Him and I would talk all the time, but you know, it, 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 talk about how at least for you. What was it like, you know, the, the consequences of a missing father figure? You're like, I don't even know what it is to be raised with a father figure. Sometimes we don't talk about that enough. We talk about, oh, let me tell you what that kid did. Let me, well, let me tell you the role of a father plays in a man's life and what it looks like if he's not there. Yeah. So what were some of the things, like, you know, where you're like, I came home one day and I needed to talk to a man, talk to a man, not my mom. A man wasn't there. I came home one day. What were some of those events during that time that impacted your life? Yeah, this is like a Tarantino movie. What, what I was saying earlier, my 10 to 15-year-old days where I just got pushed and beat up yeah. and I never stood up for myself. Um, there's this new kid, Chuck, who came to school, another white kid like me. I'm like, I'm going to make friends with this guy. Mm -hmm. um, but from day one, he was getting in fights, but he was fighting back and blood was everywhere. You know, I'm like, fuck, you know, like maybe I could still make friends. And I made friends with him. And then, and then when, when they knew that he was going to fight back, he made friends with them. And so I no longer had a friend. And they said, some, uh, they said something about me that he no longer wanted to be my friend. So he comes out into the courtyard and he starts pushing me and pushing me. And I'm walking back and I'm walking back. And now there's 30 people. There's a big fucking crowd. Yeah. And, um, anyways, I tripped over a planter and I fell on my ass. And I said, you, you don't want to fight me. I'm a fucking pussy. You know, and I believe that. Um, and here's the thing, you know, like, again, I, so I go home and I do the same thing. I'm like... You know, I, I wish I had somebody to talk to about this, you know, and but, but it was the same conversation I had with myself in the mirror, like, you're a fucking piece of shit, you're worthless, you know, what are you going to do to change your life? Um, this big thing happened that changed my life. Not too long after that, um, this kid, Chris Rivera, wanted to pick a fight with me. If he got in this fight, he would join this gang. And so they tell me, hey, there's this fight that you need to be in. And, uh, and when I say they tell me, my brother, I have an older brother. Um, and, uh, and his friend Justin and Justin's mom was around and they said, you need to be in this fight. And I'm like, what? I've never been in a fight. <laughs> I've never thrown a, a punch back. I wish I had the dad that said, Hey, listen, it doesn't matter if you get your, the shit handed to you. You need to stand up for yourself. You need to fight. You need to do this thing for yourself. But nobody told me that. Um, and you know, I think this might be one of the greatest things that happened to me at, the, at this stage of my life. I believe this is my first true rite of passage. Uh, what ends up happening is, um, Justin's mom says, you need to fight because you're strong. And then Justin said that too. And my brother said that. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking? Do you even know who I am? Do you know, you know what I'm thinking? Anyways, they convinced me to do it. She drove me to the fight. Oh, wow. 
She drove me to the, the fight. Your friend's mom? In the van. Oh, Sam. In the van. Gangster. And, uh, and, and speaking of gangster, I mean, this, his gang was behind him. <laughs> he's standing there. And I get out of the van. My heart's going a mile a minute. I kind of walk up quickly. He's waiting there for me. He starts approaching me. I'm facing him. And, um, and I threw a punch from like a mile away. All, everything that I had. Playmaker. You know, <laughs> I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. Um, I threw myself to the ground. Oh, Jesus. You know, I wish I could see this today. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no. And comment, comment on it. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. If, you, if you could see this. Like, <laughs> Again, I, I know it came from a mile away. Yeah. I know I gave it every fucking thing that I had, yeah. you know. And so I threw myself on the on the ground so hard I could have knocked myself out probably. Oh my God, that's hilarious. And this guy Chris comes up to to kick me because I'm on the ground, and um, I was able to catch his foot. I was able to get a hold of his legs. I was able to feel how strong I was, oh. and I manhandled him. That's awesome. And I put him on the ground, and I manhandled him so effortlessly. That I pinned both of his elbows to the ground underneath my knees. I have this hand on the neck. I don't know if you've seen this shit in the movie, but it's like all from the fucking movie. Yeah. And so I'm getting ready to do my thing. And I looked in his eyes and I saw this pathetic, scared as fuck, hopeless, helpless kid. And, uh, and so I saw me and I couldn't do it. There's no fucking way I could do it. And um, mm. just the other day, I'm, I'm, I'm in the car driving to go say my apology uh, video, and I'm telling myself this story. Why, 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 why do you have to overtrain? Like, what, what are you dealing with? And I'm telling the story, and I'm getting choked up, and I'm like, holy shit, like, I'm able to go deep on this. I, I, I know I can talk about this. I know that this is, you know, a big, big part of that issue. Um, and I couldn't do it. And I got up, and, uh, and he didn't, there was no retaliation whatsoever. He, there, there was a mutual understanding here. Um, there was a mutual understanding between us. The gang's throwing rocks mm -hmm. and, and cracks her mini, cracks the window in the minivan. We get back inside. She says, I'm proud of you. Justin says, I'm proud of you. My brother says, uh, I'm proud of you. Mm. You're strong. And um, you know what I knew right then is like, as worthless as I had felt up to that point, I can do that. And if I can do that, what else am I capable of? And I knew that it had been my working out that had led me to that. And now I finally got the first time, first chance in my life to feel what that felt like, to actually be strong, to have some sense of fucking control. Thank God, you know, that, that this happened. Um, but I will say this, this started this maniacal drive to be in the gym, to do this, to double down. It's like, um, I, I, I know what my roles and goals are in life. Like, I only pick a few of them because I know I can only be great at a few things. I'm not a good son. I'm not a good brother. I'm not even a good friend. It's like, you know what, I'm, 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 I'm good to myself to express my highest and most dominant form like as a man. I know I'm a good husband. I know I'm a good father. I dedicate everything to that. There's, there's these other things, these other roles that are important to me that I'm probably the worst in the world at. But this is what I knew. Like there's this maniacal drive, the ability to have some sense of control, some strength. So um, I don't even know how this whole thing started, but this, this, is, this is why I started telling the story, man. It's because... Uh, Thank God that happened. I was about the father figure and the mentoring because I, because he wasn't there, but she stepped in. Justin's mom stepped in. She told me to do this. This was the equivalent of what a dad should do, wow. you know. Um, and so, thank God I did that. Shout out to the mom. Wow, wherever she is, if she's around, that's a. People Are you still you still keep in contact with them or no? Oh no, you know I mean this is in middle school. Um, there are no cell phones or anything, you know. <laughs> cell phones didn't come out till I was after college, yeah. but um, but but here's the thing: uh, 
this guy and his mom were uh, involved with some really illegal shit. <laughs> and, uh, and my mom said, there ain't no fucking way you're going to go to the high school that this middle school feeds to. By the way, I want to point this out. In eighth grade, I almost figured out how to, how to fit in. Now I got my ears pierced, I'm slicked back. I'm, now I finally have some hand-me-downs from one of my mom's boyfriends where I'm kind of figuring this out. Uh -huh. Then my mom says, you ain't going to be friends with this guy anymore. We're moving over here. And it doesn't even matter if we have the same phone number, which she changed the number anyways. Like we, there's no more connection. And, and this was one guy that I had started to gain respect from, and I couldn't believe she was going to take my friend away. I had just figured out how to kind of fit in. She moves me to an all-Caucasian school now. Oh, now I don't look like anybody again. Because now I got my hair slicked back. I'm wearing baggy pants. Everybody has short hair. Everybody's an athlete. Everyone's wearing these, uh, like kicker, you know, tight jeans yep. and boots. I got to do it all over again, you know? And once again, like th these are all gifts, you know, like I went through that. And a big part of um, what I try and, you know, challenge myself to figure out with my own boys is how do I put these kind of challenges? Not, not I would never wish this upon anybody, what, what I went through, but I know I got to make life hard for them. And so I got to figure out, you know, well, how do I do that and not burn a bridge? How do mm -hmm. we not, not, not go too far? Um, so uh, I, I would say like, that that's probably just a classic opportunity you know like she was like my dad and she mentored me and i think she changed the trajectory of my life in that minute by the way did you ever were you ever in the military or no no you've never been in the military okay yeah you, you you look you talk like a guy that was you talk like a guy that either had a very strong male uh <laughs> Example in your life, or you were in the military where you were around others. My, my, my dad was in the. Everybody was in the military. Yeah. Uh, except for I was supposed to go into the military. I mean, absolutely everybody. You know, I was raised on bases. I was born in Ceiba, Puerto Rico, on a base. I mean, it's nothing but bases. So um, I don't know. Maybe that has something to do with it. With the military side. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And then why didn't you join if everybody else was in the military? My mom chose my curriculum for me, and uh, and so uh, she had me study biochemistry and. Uh, things to, to to become a doctor, you know. Anyways, um, at one point I'm like, I figured out my mom chose almost everything for me, and I'm like, why am I doing this? I had no idea. I said I'm not going to go do that. And there's not a whole lot of things you can do with that degree, also. So I went to go work for a pharmaceutical company for a while. And so, anyways, um, uh, I but but I after seeing Top Gun, I was like, oh, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> you know? And when I would yeah. go train, I would go and, and I would train and I would just replay. Oh, I'm going to drive that motorcycle. I'm going to fly that jet. You know, but uh, yeah, I took a different path late, late in the game. Mm -hmm. And where's your brother these days? So, well, he, how many years old is he than you? He's about a year and a half. So throughout all this, I mean, it sounds like that would have been a perfect scenario for him to be like the big brother, big mentor. But it sounds like he wasn't involved whatsoever. So what was that yeah, dynamic? I'll, I'll just say my, my brother got mixed up in drugs. Got it. Sorry to hear pr that. Pr pretty, pretty bad. Deeply. Yeah. Got it. Listen, it, it, the one thing about <laughs> about life, man. You know, when I learned this, is as you age, you try to be like, well, you know, everybody has to act like uh, how perfect everyone's family is, and then. Right around the 30 number, you realize, yeah, everyone's family's got some problems. <laughs> everyone's got some screwed up things in their story. Some it's parents, some it's siblings, some it's, you know, grandparents. It doesn't matter. Everybody's got some issues. By the way, just out of curiosity, so for you, when it, what, what do you think of, like, uh, uh, if, if somebody, you know, like the stories you read about, uh, there's this one book called The Ageless Man. I don't know if you've read the book Ageless Man. Yeah, where, where the guy says you're, you're, you're not healthier if your steroid, if your testosterone level is lower. You need to 
be like nowadays a lot of people are on TRT, more than people would know. There's a lot of people that are in the NBA that are using stuff. There's a lot of guys that are in the NFL using stuff. There's a lot of people that are in politics, content creators, a lot of people, Hollywood movie stars. You saw Joe Rogan calling out The Rock. The Rock needs to come out and do what you know him did. How many people you think are on stuff that we don't know about? Oh, I have no idea. You know, I mean, I, I don't know. You know, I tell my kids this all the time, you know, and if I say this to anyone who engages with me, like, don't compare yourself to me. Don't compare yourself to anybody, right? I mean, w- one of the most famous lines I say nonstop is to express your highest and most dominant form, right? Compare yourself to yourself, right? Because obviously, once you start doing that, it's like, well, how the fuck are you ever going to measure? Mm-hmm. Right? You're never going to measure, right? So do these things. These are the ways of our early ancestors. This is how we honor the struggle of our early ancestors. This is how you can express your highest and most dominant form. I have no idea, you know, like, who's on just TRT or, I mean, I guess we, we would have an idea of who's on more than TRT, you know, but, um, but uh, this is not a conversation that I, I generally have. Yeah, because, I mean, TRT, I, I watched, like, from Facebook and everything, TRT, there's, it's, it's, they're promoting it everywhere. You know what I mean? On Facebook, you, you I, I, I get all that where you go get the test and they, they'll, they'll tell you where your testosterone is at and they'll send it literally to your door. It's not illegal, right? TRT? Correct. Yeah, yeah. it's not. It's not like a TRT is not the big deal. So I, what my question, because I, I really don't know, is the growth, the, the thing that people are saying that that's a steroid? I mean, it's not like anabolic, like, um, like DECA or all that other stuff. I mean, what's, I don't see like the big problem with I the, think you could categorize it. It's a por- performance enhancing drug. Yeah. You know, technically it's not a steroid hormone. It's a peptide hormone, but there's no doubt that it's helped with performance and recovery. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt. You know, um, I had a close friend say, hey, you should not say you're taking steroids. You should tell people what you're taking, which is testosterone and growth hormone. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? what? What I've done is I've undershared. Let me overshare at least. <laughs> yeah. I'm taking steroids. Yeah. I've been on steroids. I'm on steroids yeah. You know, r- right now, um, which is testosterone and growth hormone. I would say growth hormone has played a significant role mm-hmm. you know, in, in helping me to recover, to help me get in the gym as many times as I want. Yeah. Uh, I, I do think it has made a big difference. But um, at 100% is, is through a clinician, through a, a trained professional monitored and managed and everything is, is written as a prescription gotcha. so i'm brian like just i mean health wise and, and i'm happy that you're doing it the right way and you're doing all that like health wise for future stuff are you worried because i mean there's only so much the heart and the body can actually take no matter what a doctor says do you have any worries about that ever like catching up or like a heart attack or something crazy you, you know what i did um you know er, early on i also was on uh, deca and winstrol and so my blood chemistry was all fucked yeah. up, was all, was all deranged. Um, and I'm like, you know, I'm here to be a dad. I'm here to be a husband. Like, I don't, I, if, if this is going to fuck this up, I'm going to get off this. Uh, and so that was pretty clear. I mean, we, we discontinued um, the DECA and the Winstrol, and the blood, blood chemistries look good. Perfect. Yeah. That's great. Um, okay. So, I mean, again, like, I think it's very nuanced who should even consider this, mm-hmm. right? For a young man. Don't don't even think about it. I mean, there, there, there's no steroid. There's no form of any steroid that's appropriate for a 15 year old yeah. or a young man, or even and, 18. Or because I mean, your body's producing. It. You're just you're just throwing money down the toilet. Right. Your body's you're in prime testosterone. You're on steroids. You're on. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. But there is there is one thing that uh, you know that I uh, uh, I'm sure you're already planning for this. When Adam asked, you know, the, uh, you're going to continue. Like I made a decision. I'm going to get off of it. Four years, you know, of being testing with these different things to get off. You're gonna need to get off with somebody that's watching and monitoring because you, like you said, I don't know the side effects. I've only been doing it for four years. That was a perfect answer. It's like I've been doing it for four years. Yeah. And 
it's not easy to get off of stuff. You know, it's it's a it's a challenge, and it's best to have somebody very close that's telling you what to do when you are getting off of this stuff. I got a brilliant friend who knows a lot okay, about good. this. Where do you live? You live in Austin, right? You're in Austin? Or? I'm, I'm between Houston and Dallas. But, okay, got it. Um, I, I just also want to say, this is my plan to do that. This might not work out, but this is my plan to do this. And I believe... Meaning get on off of it may not work out. Yeah, it might not work out. Meaning you may get back on it. You know what? <laughs> Again, yeah. this is not my intention, but like, let, let, let's say it's been three or four months. Let's say that... I. I have no cognitive ability. My physical bit, you know, like I, I've just the will. You're have, gonna feel it, bro. I'm well, just this, telling I, you. I, I've been reading. I've yeah. been reading, and, and yeah. I'm like, oh my god, like this, this is this is. Are what, you are you in contact with any major bodybuilders or no? No. Okay. Are you open to the idea of to talking to somebody? Absolutely. Guys? Okay. Would you mind if I put you in contact with would, a couple? I would appreciate. Yeah, I will because they can tell you stuff I can't, and I'm gonna put you in contact with like the main guys that they'll talk to you about this because I would not suddenly there's certain things you can do cold turkey uh i i don't know if it's that healthy i gotta tell you something yeah. funny so this morning uh i don't know if it was andrew schultz or what, what, one of the his co-hosts yeah uh said when's the last time you did steroids and i said oh i, I had a shot on saturday i go oh shit you know what actually today i had, i did growth i did growth hormones every day i did growth hormone today and and this is the thing like i, I know that you can't just come off of it cold turkey you know, I know that there's a plan. There, there's a way to do it, an intelligent way to do it. I also know it's going to be what I've read. It's really hard to do. And I'm sure there's best practices, you know, to transition yeah. to at least lessen that. But but what I'm really hoping to do is, like, I'm, I'm going to give that everything. I'm going to give that a shot. Yeah. Just 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 be before you because. OK, so right now there's there's a few things that is going on that you're you're going through. You're you're going through something that you've never gone through before, which is what? Public apology. Let me go talk to a few of the guys that I respect, and they're they're going to be able to do this in a respectful manner. Just make sure you're not making commitments. That's going to be very hard to and don't say it publicly because there's a, he did it again. He did it again. So it's just like I like what you just said. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. All I'm saying is, if you're you, you want to get off of weed, you know how they say like you got to um, when you're dropping a bad habit, you got to replace it with something else. Okay, there's a big difference of getting off of steroids and stop drinking alcohol or stop smoking weed. You get off of weed, okay, maybe you're going to chew or smoke cigars or something that you're replacing it with. There is no replacing growth hormone and steroids with something else that's going to fill the need in your body. That's not – because weed is not dramatically, you know, or – This is my you, thought. You get what I'm saying with this? Maybe, maybe yeah. I'm wrong about this, but I, I'm convinced that it's my obsession with overtraining that's, that's screwing up my hormones. You know, that, that uh, I think that if, if I can fix a way and find a way to not have to do this two or three times a day mm -hmm. and just do it at least once a day. I think if I do it once a day, get into the gym at least once a day and not do two or three yeah. times a day, um, I, I think because overtraining clearly has an effect on your hormone profile. And again, I know that there's a whole other thing to consider about uh, I'm not producing any of my natural stuff right now. You know, there's a negative feedback going on. How am I going to yeah. get my own natural stuff going on? Uh, but but then it's really addressing the, the root cause, and I believe the root the root cause. Well, the root cause is really the, these self worth things that I got to deal with and I got to go deep with. But then I also got to say, listen, uh, I'm not going to go into the gym two or three times a day. You know, I know that I got to figure out a way to sleep. I know that I got to figure out a way to recover. I know that I got to figure out a lot of this stuff. Any connections with anybody who has experience with it? Oh, dude, I'm going to give you the right people, and you talk to them, and my. Uh, recommendation is to be very methodical with the right support before you go through this transition, bro. I'm just telling you, it's. I saw one guy go through it, 
you want to talk about like like uh, hardcore anxiety, like emotional breakdown, depression. It's mm. not. It's it's a serious thing. So this is not something you go sudden cold turkey. Mm -hmm. And there's certain things you you've you've read about all this stuff. How to naturally increase your testosterone level, deadlift, squats, all this stuff. There's certain things you eat to naturally also increase. But you're, you're going to go through it. You're going to go through it. It's, 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 a, it's a thing. But with the right support and the right mm -hmm. counsel, you're going to go through it. It's going to be fine. Yeah. You, know, you know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah. yeah. Brian, I just kind of want to lighten the mood for a sec. It's kind of <laughs> cold in here, by the way. It's freezing. <laughs> Dude, how often do you see me wearing a sweater? Yeah, I'm wearing sweaters. <laughs> My nipples Meanwhile, are you're hard. out here chest out, abs <laughs> chiseled. Are you not chilly uh, whatsoever? I'm sweating, you know. How yeah. are you sweating right now? Uh, this, I've always been like this. I've Jesus. you know like it, it, I've always been like this in my 20s and my 30s. Uh, I don't know what it is, you know. But uh, the the benefit is when it's really mm -hmm. cold outside, I usually do pretty good. You're wow. chilling. But right. any other time, you know, like I ask my guys, hey, is there any way you can get in touch with them? Is there any way you can ask them to lower the AC just a little yeah, bit? Yeah, we did. We're all paying and, the price. And, so, By the way, when's the last time you wore a shirt? I was just gonna ask that. Yeah. Like 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 somebody's like buying. Wedding? Are you just like I wear a bow tie? I'm not wearing a no shirt. shirt. You know, normally it's just um, really sorry, can't come to your wedding. Oh, really? You know, because they're like uh, take it or leave it, brother. <laughs> you know, I, I I haven't had to figure that out yet. Um, I don't wear a shirt very often. I got yeah. you. You know, and, and and by the way, this was a thing way before social media. I didn't wear a shirt. Yeah. And and so a lot of people say, hey, why don't you wear a shirt? There's a lot of reasons why I don't mm -hmm. wear a shirt. You know, I mean, part of it is when I explain, you know, the primal raw first version self, your undomesticated self. Um, you know, show me how you look bare chested. Mm -hmm. You know, reveal to me. You want to go right now, brother? <laughs> <laughs> Your philosophies, your principles. Let's let's have a conversation. You know, um, obviously, how we look bare chested doesn't say everything about us, but it says something, yeah. right, a, a, about us. And I didn't wear a shirt before social, and so I decided I'm not putting on a shirt after social. You know, a lot of people actually through all this stuff happening um, try to say, hey, here's what, here's how you should say your apology, and you should put a shirt on. <laughs> nah, you're like no way. I'll well, do the apology, bro. There's no shirt that's coming so, on here. That's Brian, not happening. So, Brian, how hard is it to like going out or like going to like a restaurant or something? Like, do you deal with that, or, or do they recognize you and they're like, "Yo, it's a, it's a Liver King." Get my goddamn table. In the no, I assume you put a, a shirt on when you go to a restaurant. It's it's pretty nice. I don't. He doesn't. He's, he's in Texas. <laughs> he's what? in Texas, bro. But, but you know what? Straight we, up. We, we, we make a video of it, and there's like a five-star restaurant. People are wearing suits and ties. It's all nice. And, yeah. and you have me dropping down at the t dinner table, doing max effort push-ups, my simulated hunt it. before I eat, look, look, looking like a caveman. I love it. You know, and, and so then we, we make a small video mm -hmm. out of it. And, and so thank God, you know, I, I have a great team that calls ahead of time and says, hey, here's what's going to happen. You know, if there's, if there's not a private room, you know. Hook they, us up. Yeah, they, they awesome. disagree what, what, what did this whole mindset, these nine tenants, like what, what, what's the inspiration behind all of this? Yeah, um, I think I alluded to this earlier. My, my real why in the world is my kids couldn't breathe. They were allergic to everything, dust, dogs, food, you name it. Um, they, they would go into this anaphylactic shock. They couldn't breathe. Um, they were taking ambulance trips to the hospital. We had to use EpiPens. Doctors kept giving the same bullshit solutions. Both of them? Both, Both of them. them. And where were you living when this is happening? Uh, same place in, you are in, right now? No, not not same place. In the city. We were living in the city. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah, right in the middle of the city. And um, it, it was more EpiPen, more Benadryl more allergy shots, same thing kept happening. And what we realized is, you know, we have the extreme issues where they would have to go to the hospital, but if you really paid attention, they hardly ever could just take a deep breath. They were always having issues breathing. They always had these bags around their eyes. You don't really notice it because this is your every day, right? And, um, you know, one day I'm like, you know what, enough is enough. 
I'm not giving that to them anymore. And you couldn't go anywhere. I mean, they were allergic to our own dog. They might go to a friend's house, and you got to have like your whole rescue kit, emergency plan, exit strategy. You got to tell everybody around here's what here's what you got to do. I'm like, man, you you can't raise your kids like that. Like, this is your job as a dad to figure this out. And so, with enough research, I came upon this like ancestral living principle that these forces that enabled us to be healthy, these robust, strong, healthy individuals since the beginning of time, maybe we still need these things, mm. right? Which are sleep, eat, move, shield, connect, cold, sun, fight, and bond. But primarily I said, you know what? Let's start with eat. What if what we're feeding them, what if what I'm feeding them is creating these issues? And so we just got rid of all the processed foods. It was like overnight. Liver Queen did it. She threw away. I couldn't believe it either because I like to eat a lot of ice cream. <laughs> you know, I mean, at the time I was like, I would do a whole container, you know, and, and, I, and I couldn't believe it. I'm like, well, hold on. <laughs> you know, time out. Time out. I'm never going to do that again. No. And so she got rid of absolutely everything. And so through that transition, you know, like she would put chiefly liver and bone marrow and egg yolks in front of them. Mm -hmm. You think they want to eat that? Of course not. Especially raw, forget it. They wouldn't touch it. Yeah. They wouldn't touch it. And she would make bone soups. They wouldn't touch it. After three or four days of not eating, you know, they started eating it. They were hungry. Mm -hmm. And then they wanted more of it. And then immediately, like, we saw the lights come on. And we saw this personality, this vibrancy that we had never seen before in them. It's like, how dulled down were they? And we didn't know this until going through this process. And I'm like, holy shit, you know, maybe this eat ancestrally works. And so um, I had read this in a book in uh, uh, Sally Fallon's Nourishing Traditions. There's a couple of other uh, books that, that we had read at that time, but that was a, a landmark book for us. And then we started to think, okay, from first principle thinking, what else are we missing? You know, like our kids are going from the house to a car to another building, right? And they're not getting outside. And when they're outside, we're putting sunblock on them. How much sun are they getting? Mm -hmm. Did we evolve with sun? You know, th there's so many of these things, you know, first principle thing. I'm like, OK, what, what did we get right? What did we get wrong? How can we expand upon this? And um, until so we started to go and visit with with these tribes in the Amazon, in Africa, in Mongolia to study their ways to see if we can validate the nine ancestral tenants, maybe expand upon the nine ancestral tenants. So when we figured that, this out for our kids, you know, I thought, OK, like what kind of piece of shit doesn't share this with the world? Yeah. So that that's when I'm like, OK, this is what we're going to do from now on every company is going to be about teaching the nine ancestral tenants. And so um, really it, it just took off and it from there. And it killed all the grass-fed, uh, grass-finished from the bone marrow to the – I, I do all of it. I get all uh, – frozen and ship. You get Not, it from him, from I, his company? No, no, the heart and soil, 100%. That's what I'm going to yeah. talk about sponsors. Yeah. Oh, you get all this? I, 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 100%. We're really? living in the like – the, like you said, grass-fed the bone marrow. I haven't – I've tried the raw, but so I just I, – I, you know – just by itself, I put it on top of the steak. I eat, you know, raw, you know, raw honey, the cheese, fruits, vegetables. I'm sorry, barely any vegetable. Are you a vegetable? It's like you, you like vegetables. Get down. You could get down on, but the bread is gone. I, I, and I'm telling you right now, mind, body, everything else is a completely different attitude. Now, when I eat like shit, even a little bit, I feel it. Yeah. Like I want to pass out. If I eat like mm -hmm. bread and gluten, I'm, I, and I'm dead serious. After lunch with that, I want to take a nap. So it's 100. percent I mean, like I said, Sean O'Malley said the same thing. That's it, people might be like, oh, well, how can you believe now? That shit works. It really, really works. Getting the sun and getting the right food in you, night and day. You know, there, there's just maybe hundreds of thousands of anecdotes about this. I mean, if if you just go on Amazon and look at some reviews about people that have turned to this lifestyle, mm -hmm. you know, again, I just want to like remind everybody that most people go to a job they hate. They come home to a life that, that, that they don't love. They sedate themselves and distract themselves to call it a day, to call it a week. Call it, call, you know, it's like um, there's a better life to live. And, and most of these things are free to do. 
eight of them are, are, are free to do, accessible to everybody. And, and even the food aspect of this, I, I think it's a wash. You know, or you can possibly save money on food. Nobody says you got to get a steak. You can go get, you know, gr ground beef. Yeah. When, when I started this, the organs cost like two dollars. Most butchers were giving the organs 100%, away. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah, we're, we're we're giving the organs away. Um, and so I mean now now the organs actually are a lot. Yeah, they're expensive. They're expensive for money. Yeah. Um, but but that's how, how the whole thing started. And you know, there's there's a lot of vegans and vegetarians that come. And they're like, hey, I think a lot of what you're saying is cool. Uh, but this whole other thing, I got a problem with. I'm like, cool. You know what? There's eight other ancestral tenants for you, right? Focus on those other eight. And if those other eight don't get you leading a better kick-ass life, then you can talk about just introducing liver. Mm -hmm. You know, if that doesn't get you better, just think about that. And, and one other thing I, I want to point out, you know, my takeaway when, um, by the way, Joe Rogan, you know, and Derek talked about me for like 30 minutes. And someone said, hey, how'd you feel about that? I'm like, man, I couldn't believe they talked about me for 30 minutes. And, and at the end, what Joe Rogan said is that liver is great, that he eats it all the time. And then Derek said he eats it every day. Yeah. You know, liver is king is not about my my name is Liver King. This is not about calling myself a king. This is about if I can say Liver King three times in a one minute clip on Instagram, it, it, you, what you're always going to hear is the name is Liver King because liver is king. Mm -hmm. These guys are saying liver is king. You know, my takeaway from that 30 minute assessment was like, thank God they promoted liver. You know, thank God that, that they did that because that's such a low love lever for so many people to do. When you start eating liver, most people feel more energy, more drive, more determination, their mood's getting better, and, and then, then I'm hoping that they're thinking, okay, what else is this guy talking about? Mm -hmm. Now if you get early morning sun, now most people don't know that early morning sun set, sets your whole circadian rhythm, you know, and then connecting, I mean, there's so many of these things that are free, easy, accessible to do, and will make such a massive difference. In Specifically life. liver, though. I, That's what you're saying. Raw liver, yeah. not right. meat, not protein. Specifically, liver. Is let, that what you're let, saying? Let me share a little bit about that with you. you when yeah. you go and you visit with the Hadza or, or any of these um, primitive culture tribes, they don't even eat the muscle meat. Yeah. Huh? They go for the liver first. Organs. They go for the organs. And 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 first, I read this in, in one of these books, and uh, I forget which book it was actually, uh, but I read it in a book, and I'm like, really, do they do that? And then when you actually see them throw the muscle meat to the dogs and give it to the birds, it's like, holy shit, this is actually true. <laughs> yeah. they, they eat the organs. Mm -hmm. And they start with the liver and bone marrow usually. You know, animals in the wild do the same thing. You know, it's enough to watch that on, on a documentary. I'm like, okay, that's cool, right? Yeah. I, I can say that as much as, as I want, but I got to go see this now. What about chopped liver? What about it, it? it? In Judaism, all the Jews, they got the chopped liver. You know, what am I, chopped liver, that yeah. whole thing? Is chopped liver in, that, in, in your diet? Any kind of liver. Straight up. Yeah. And, and, and shout out to all the Jews chop. out there eating chopped <laughs> yeah. liver. You just made his day. I just made, made my day. day. My mom on. would always, when I made chopped liver, apparently of the that's a compliment. Good, good, wow. good. But it does, but it does lose its, uh, it does lose its, like, its purity, obviously, when you cook it. Because eating it raw, I, I'm not going to front. I put a little uh, light soy sauce with some uh, sesame oil. I put some uh, green onion. And I just... I don't really uh, chop it up. I dice. I swallow yeah. every day. I'm yeah, not, I, I I'm put a little maple syrup on mine. A little That's, maple syrup oh, really? with some salt. You like, eat liver every day. Every single day. I, I, I bought it online. I chop it up because it's frozen. It, I thaw it. I put it in those little freezer Ziploc zip bags. And if you go in my freezer, I have right now I have 100 little frozen pieces. I love it. I defrost it. Brian, I defrost it, chop it up. I took my dick. Patrick, I'm telling you right now, it's the energy. Wow. It's all I swear. And, People in the office are like, yo, is Vinny on cocaine? No. I'm like, no, I'm on, I'm on liver, bro. We got the liver king I'm on and, liver, bro. and the liver prince here yeah. right now doing I'm on, their thing. I'm on liver, bro. And then like in the morning, it's funny, somebody today, Rob, when you pulled up today, what was I doing? You were standing out and getting sunlight. Come, 
Come on, bro. I was like this. No, and he but, goes, but tell he goes, him what, what the he hell was, are you doing? But tell him what he was wearing, though, when he was doing this. A he was naked. But that has yeah. nothing to do <laughs> well, yeah, that's the with part getting that. the sun at 7 o'clock in the morning. But no, but I, 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 like, bro, I, had, I had no idea who you really were as a person. I know you're going through it, but bro, I, and I really hope, and I think, obviously, what Pat said, it's going gonna, it's gonna to change. People change their minds. But all around, you're a good dude. And I see, like, the, the, the pass of the no father and the, the story and who you are and how you're going to be with your, with your sons. And I think, I think God, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I'm not an overly religious guy. Everything happens because it's a, it's a plan, and you're going through it right now. You're, you're going to be fine. I really, do, I really do believe it, 100%. Thank you. So when it, when it comes down to, you were saying that you, that we were living in the city at the time before we left the city. What city was it when you were talking about your kids, your boys? Houston. Oh, you were living in Houston. Got it. Yeah, I have a hard time with San Antonio. You know, Charles Barkley has a hard time with San Antonio for a different reason. <laughs> I grew up yeah. in San Antonio. Did you really? Yeah. I went to San Antonio. Every time I went to San Antonio, I would end up in the emergency room. Fighting? And finally, I'm like, what the hell is going on with San Antonio? Finally, one day I go, and I'm like, dude, what is wrong with the city? So my CFO is from San Antonio, okay. and my COO is from San Antonio. Are you kidding? And everybody I have around me is from San Antonio. Apparently... San Antonio has one of the highest uh, pollen counts in America because there's this tree that the wind comes that produces unbelievable amounts of pollen that comes in. So if you're at all allergic, let's just say if you are, I never knew I was allergic till I'm 38 years old. I go to San Antonio I'm having these issues. But that's why I thought maybe you were talking about San Antonio because San Antonio and I don't get along. Yeah, mm. different reasons against for Barkley, but uh, yeah. I, I can't get along. That's why I was Remember the Alamo. PVD. That's why I was stationed. I was in the United States Air Force. I was at San Antonio Lackland Air Force Base, and I'm allergic to what you were talking about. And then about the heat, people don't realize what real heat is when it's black flag uh, San Antonio. on the base. You're standing at attention. People just drop left Vinny, and right. Vinny, for 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 people who lived in Iran, yeah, There's Texas no- is cold. <laughs> Summer in oh Texas is cold. Iran oh, is like yeah, so. Whatever. So we were in Dubai a, a, a few years ago, and all of a sudden, news comes out: record-breaking day in Dubai, 128 degrees. We were in Dubai that day, but you know, a city in Iran was 150 something. On that, it was a record-breaking on uh, the paper ever. If you pull up the day, it'll tell you exactly when we were in Dubai. Let me guess the date. It's got to be July of 2015. What's the date? Record See what date says? Heat? Yeah, it's the record, highest record-breaking day on paper. What day does it say? Uh, July 2019? No, the one we were in was in 2015. Uh, hottest day, it was a city in Iran. Anyway, but so... You, you really are not lying when you say this. Because when I moved to Dallas for the year when yeah. we started the podcast and everything, it was it was pretty damn Right high. there, there you go. July 31st, 2015, hottest day on record. Jeez, 165 degrees. You could cook outside. I said 150. 165, we were in, we were in uh, uh, Dubai. Insane how hot it was. So, and when before we moved to Florida, because yeah. I'm born and raised in Miami, and Pat's Iran, L.A., Dallas. He's like, so give me the the pros and cons of living in in South Florida. I was like, look, I can tell you, in the summer, it's hot, man. It yeah. gets real hot. He's yeah. like, I'm from Iran. <laughs> like I'm like, okay, we'll see about that, cool guy. <laughs> you know, we go to a party. You remember the party, the the Bitcoin party, course, the yeah. Jake Paul, yeah. random people were there. And I'm hot. It's hot. I'm like sweating at the party. Pat is there, jacket on, <laughs> not sweating whatsoever. Yeah. Wow. And I'm just like, Pat, you know, you could take the jacket off. You're like, is it hot out? I don't, it's, it's just me. You here. don't sweat, bro. No. And I'm Middle Eastern. I should sweat. Yeah. You know, th- sweat. this no. is ancestral tenant six. You know, even though it's cold, this is all about thermal pressures. Mm-hmm. We evolved with thermal pressures since the beginning. Now we have something called a thermostat, AC, right, or a heater to mitigate that. 
You know, comfort's not good for the organism, but we found a way to make it comfortable yeah. all the time. So when it's 160 degrees, like, you know, if, if you've never been exposed to 160 degrees, and, and you probably know a little bit about extreme vasodilation and vasoconstriction, this is what our blood vessels do, and they need to go for this kind of exercise, but so few people do this, and it's accessible to everybody, mm -hmm. right? So if it's hot as shit, get outside, you know, and don't just do it once. You know, if it's really cold, get outside. When we were, it sounds funny to say this, but we were, when we were in New York this morning, um, I'm thinking, okay, how am I going to get cold today? And you could take a cold shower in New York. <laughs> yeah, you can. Yeah, you could take a cold. So, so th these are things, you take a cold shower, you feel like a million bucks, man. You feel so good after that. And again, this is accessible to everybody. You know, like if, if there's a time, one thing I've learned through this, you know, I, I think is just like to really be myself. Um, many times I'd woken up in the morning and I'd go outside to do good morning primals, get the sun in the earth. I'm like, good morning primals, it's time. And, and you know what? Sometimes I didn't really actually feel like it was prime time, you know, so I'm going to go get cold. And here's the thing. You go get cold and you feel, it, it, there, there's nothing like it. You know, you feel like a million bucks. You know, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to um, that can't get out of bed. That, that, and if they can't get out of bed, they can't get out of their house. I'm like, go start with a cold shower. Tell me how you feel. Email me right after the yeah. cold shower. Most of the time, oh, couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> couldn't do it. Okay, start with hot. Just get really hot and then turn into cold for 30 seconds and then tell me how you feel. Again, this is accessible to everybody. Yeah. You know, these thermal pressures confer so many massive fitness benefits and longevity benefits accessible to everybody. No one's going to financially gain, you know, from this. Well, maybe people are selling cold plunges today. I'm yeah. not one of them, yeah. you know, and also saunas. But we have these natural thermal pressures that are available to everybody. You know, so um, I'm glad that, that you guys brought this up because I wanted to be able to plug that ancestral tenant. Awesome. By, by the way, just you said wake up, get some sun. What time do you wake up? What time are you? What's your morning routine? What time you get in the sun? Like just real quick, I want to know. Just like, do you say like good morning, uh, caveman? Like what, whatever your little pretty much, was. Pretty much. Walk us it. through that, would you? Yeah. So uh, I get out of bed just before the sun comes up. You know, the, the, the sun is about get that. That's I don't even know what time that usually is. Six so you're there at probably six, five, fifty, six, six five. But, but, oh, it, but, it, but it depends, you know, Where you what, what time of the year it is. So yeah. it's like, OK, if the sun's getting up, so am I. And, and then the, the first thing I do is I start to I, I get my phone and I go outside and I record it <laughs> every awesome. morning. Good morning, primals. It's prime time to start the day. Here's my win from the previous day. I'm sharing my win. You better share your win back. This is how we create the winning mindset, the winning ecosystem. If you have any negative Nancys, you tell them to hold. We're sharing wins right now. <laughs> yeah. And now it's prime time to, to stack the sun in the earth. Get the sun on you through the eyes, on the face, on the skin. This is going to set your biocircadian rhythm so your body and brain know when to be alert and awake versus right. sleepy and sleeping. Get your bare feet connected, anchored, rounded into the earth. And you don't have to do it for 20, 30 minutes, right? Two minutes is better than none. Exactly. Five minutes is better than two. Just some connection to the earth. And then I go piss on my favorite tree. <laughs> and, 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 Fuck a toilet. Yeah. <laughs> toilet schmoilet. Well, and, and then I get into the gym. You know, and, and, and that's my By morning. what time are you in the gym? Uh, it's usually between 7, 7.30. So gotcha. that's your morning. You're doing primal stuff. You're walking in the sand. You're, you know, He's a man's yeah. man, dude. By the way, when you go piss on this tree, is this tree now one of these Yosemite-type trees <laughs> yeah. that's just like has the best liver? That and, thing is just... You know what I'm saying? All these regular trees are What does this tree look like? Yeah. Two years later, this tree's like... It's just yoked. Yeah. <laughs> Well, By the way, your your neighbors, you have neighbors that see you. There, there's Brian again, pissing on that tree. Just we, we live talking on a lot of so. acreage. Yeah, there's, he's, yeah, he's out and though. I'd be re remiss if I didn't ask you about the beard, bro. I mean, how long you been growing that thing? What are you, 
What are you hiding under there? You know what? I don't even know what's under there. <laughs> I don't even know. You know, I mean, it, it gets long and Liver Queen takes a machete to it and we make a little video. Okay, it's time for a trim. Yeah. You know, she does the hair, she does this. And um, and it's great because, I mean, it's not easy to cut with a machete and, and it just feels great to have her doing that. And, and a lot of it's for the content too. It's like, okay, let's do that. Um, it's, it's usually once or twice a year she'll take a trim to it. So you do trim the beard. Oh, yeah. This is weird, but is that the only place you trim? Oh, I don't do. I do no trimming. Okay. No trimming, no shaving, nothing on the chest. Yeah. They asked me this morning uh, if you if I shave my back or if I wax my back. I'm like, no, okay. no. I, I, and listen, hey, listen. If you want to do that, fine. Yeah, you know, it's all Penny, good. help him out here. But I'm actually. I, it's weird. My brother's hairy in the back, and weird. You're out of the Middle East, and has hair all over your back or in patches. I got lucky. I got no no hair. Yeah. yeah, you you yeah. deliver. My, my, my the dad liver. on his back, he looks like he's related to a gorilla. Like at the zoo, like he's gonna laugh when he sees this. I he's will gonna not crack allow up. Allow you to say anything bad about. No, no, but he, he will he will no. say he, he will proudly say that's because I'm a real man. It's great, hundred percent. But his son doesn't have no. So you, you know, for for most Assyrians, Middle Easterns, they're legit. Yeah. Now for you, you can grow full blown beard. My beard, I can't. You can't. No, I don't have a. No, listen, this is this is you. If you ever see, I did a couple videos when I had beards. Just look at it. I can't. Never you. seen you with a beard. That's you guys right. are gifted, man. You guys have. I a used gift. to see you with a great full head of hair like a week ago. Then you said, uh, "Screw it, I'm going I got with a this." Haircut, man. I'm I like good with short. this haircut. Is where I'm at right now. I like it short. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, by the way, if, 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 uh, Brian, anything with you? Where like are you? One that goes to bodybuilding shows? Are you one that follows guys? Are you are you into it at all? Like, do you know the some of the competitors? No, that's not even your world. I, I know some of the older guys. You know, that, that, I, I know Ronnie Coleman. Got it. You know, I know Jay Cutler. Yep. I know of these guys. Okay. Um, I, I don't follow any Got of it. those guys today. I think Ronnie is in Dallas, by the way. I know he made a video uh, <laughs> about me about if my abs are real or not. I mean, this actually became a thing. You know that if if I had real abs. And then if I had ab etching done and all this ridiculous stuff, you know, and, and uh, what does your abs feel like? Like if somebody touches it right now, it just feels like muscle. Well, here's the thing. I mean, I'm flexing my abs right now. I mean, I have, I have my shirt off. Yeah. I'm flexing my abs. He's been flexing this whole time. No, you I, can't I, not have your shirt on. This not is not a joke. I'm more comfortable flexing my abs now than not flexing my huh. abs. So you're flexing right now I'm, as we speak. I'm flexing my abs. That's so funny. That's right. So you, you feel my abs are going to feel hard. Look, our friend that we spoke to before the show, I don't know if we want to give yeah. him a shout out or not, but he had one question. He said, ask the liver king about his abs and if they're real. 100% Paul. they have to be real. That was his one question. Our buddy who is a big bodybuilder guy. Oh, so he's a bodybuilder. Yeah. Well, that's well, a crazy thing. I would think any bodybuilder would actually know. Would actually know. Yeah. You know, like if you had ab implants or chest implants. Then why would or, Ronnie say it? Or Ronnie's like the ultimate. Well, I think his team said, hey, let's make a video. Oh, and Ronnie ends up yeah. saying, okay, I saw his abs move here. I think he ends up saying, G gives me his blessings. Yeah. The king gave me his blessings. You know, you know what? what I've, I've, just so you know, I've never heard of like uh, uh, implants for abs. Although there's implants for abs. Out. Nowadays, there's shit. There's implants for everything. I mean, if you want implants, you can figure out a way to get implants. Today. Go down to Miami. Yeah, but, you'll but see a lot of it. If there is like implants that you always hear about, you hear about calves implant. You hear about shoulders. What they're doing to their shoulders nowadays? I don't know if you've heard the story with shoulders. Shoulder implants? Oh yeah. The delts. The, oh, the, yeah, the stuff they put there for the delts. Like you know, some couple guys got criticized for that, but right it's typically there. calves. <laughs> Pointing at Ron. Wow. Calves implants is what you get, and triceps. You know, there was a time in high school. Um, this guy had incredible calves. And at the gym, I remember saying to him, 
holy shit, man, like, what do you do? And he goes, and he grabbed it and he goes, oh, these are implants. Oh, and I, sta- I started laughing. Oh. Like, of course, it's a joke. Um, <laughs> and uh, he goes, no, these are implants. It's like, holy shit. Yeah. And there's no way. Cabs? You to, yeah. Cab. Yeah. Cab implants is a bodybuilder? I don't know. No, I, I don't think. No, no way. No way. He just, he, he had a great uh, physique, but, um, you know, I, I don't think you could probably do I, ab implants and have them actually look good. Yeah, I don't think so either. What are you Googling right now? Ab implants? Ab implants to see. Oh, like, that yeah, guy. I mean, like, you <laughs> could tell. Like, that does not belong on that guy. What is that? <laughs> that guy, like, you know. Something, like, yeah, you could, you, you'd be able to tell, bro. That's, Very interesting. That's pretty weird. That, so, like, that guy right there in the middle, that looks insane. That's hilarious. By the way, if you go a little bit lower, I'm worried what other implants will show up. So, Rob, yeah. don't do this <laughs> because Rob, don't, HR don't, will don't, contact don't, you. Don't, yeah. Don't. Liver King, uh, you know, we're having fun now. We kind of got over the, the, the tough part. And the, you, uh, you're, you've been very transparent, as Pat said. You, you shed a tear at one point. You kept it real. That's awesome. You know, I know we're ending the, the podcast pretty soon. Overall, what's your, your message right now? You're, 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 on, you're on the circuit. You're kind of giving the apology tour. You're going through this cathartic moment where you're telling the truth. You must be feeling some type of way. What's what's your overall message? My overall message? As uh, far as like what you want the people to take from you at this point. Yeah, okay, at this point. because But my overall message is my true no, north. No, not that. We've got that. Um, right, right now, I would just say um, I know that I fucked it up. I know that I, what, what I did was wrong. You know, I lied to people and I misled people. Um, I own that. And... Um, there's nothing else that I've lied about. There's nothing that I'm going to lie about. I, I feel like I've had this opportunity to come clean. Like, I better come as fucking clean as I can. Let's clean the whole skeleton, all the all, everything out of the closet. Because I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I get this chance to do this. In my mind, I'm like, I, I better do that right now. Um, so my, my message is I want to take every opportunity really again to apologize, you know, and to own it and to say I'm going to lead myself to be a better human. Respect. Uh if if the audience is watching this, you get to pick and choose whatever you want to do and whatever angle you go with it. Um, I, I don't know. I felt sincerity. I felt straight up. And I, this is not an easy thing to do. And uh, from here, you know, as a the, the, the challenge with these types of things is when you do this and then other things come out and other things comes out and other things comes out, then credibility fully takes a shot. You know, that's why you get a chance to do this and put everything on the line. Like, if anything, like all of a sudden, okay, six months from now, oh, the abs are also this. This email came out with the surgeon. Uh, now you're really going. But just so you know, if an email from a doctor comes out saying I did the ab, uh, what do you call it, the the ab, ab, uh, uh, implant? implants, implants, dude, you are like, yeah, you know, it's gonna be ugly if you, yeah, that happens. Yeah. Just so you know, you know what, I, I, bring it on. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. no, all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, in a, in a situation like this, yeah. when you're going through it right now. It's like, here's what's out there outside of this, dude. This is what I'm dealing with. Here's what I got. Let it rip. Let's right. go and move on. Uh, you know, and and the audience can, you know, like the relationship with the fan and you, they're going to go through it. I'm going to put you in contact with the guys that I talk to privately. I'm not even going to disclose who I put you in contact with. These guys won't even know who they're going to be. I'm just going to text you and them. You guys can talk, and it'll be between you, myself, and the other guys that I put you in contact with. You feel comfortable telling people, and they feel comfortable like, telling people? Great. Yeah. But that's between you and them to release that to people. By the way, Pat is absolutely right, by the way. What he's saying is absolutely right because in politics, they call it a drip campaign. All right, we're going to release this. Boom. All right, let's see if they break. Boom, we're going to release this. Yeah. See if they break. 
Boom. So I think if you if you're if you're clearing out the closet, you'd be good. Now if I find out that beard is fake, kid, liver kid, if he took that off, we have a problem. If he took that off right now, we're leaving. I'm leaving. Scooby Doo situation. Scooby Doo just rips it off. It was old man Withers. Well. But but anyways, look. Uh, uh, sometimes uh, this is what I told one time when I was sitting down with a couple of the guys that you know they're going through what they're going through with their family and all of a sudden some public humiliation you go through. If the wife sticks around. Family sticks around. No one knows you better than those people, okay? All the other people in the world, they think they know you. They know you 20%. They know you 30%. Your wife and your kids pretty much know you 70 80%. We all still have a little bit. So you can try to make everybody happy. What matters is really out there. And if you're staying true, you're being straight up, and eventually people are going to be like, you know what? Whatever. Listen, the guy looks good. He's busting his ass. He works out. He does this. He does that. More power to him. Respect to the guy. So... Appreciate you for coming out. Thank okay, you. this was gonna. No, I, I, I don't know if your team, Rob, who reached out to who. I don't know how the because you all of a sudden came up and we were talking about Liver King. This came out. Of, oh, Alan. Yeah, we reached. Yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, got it. So we, we, we were. I think we were even trying to do like four months ago to yeah. eat the liver because I actually freaking love liver. Yeah. And the fact that you came here today without liver, I was disappointed because I was planning on eating I, liver I, I, tonight. I, I, right. You know what? I wanted to be clear to not plug really my. I, I get that. Yeah, I get. I get the fact that today's conversation was that. But uh, next time you come here, please. man, please bring some liver because I actually I can overdose on liver. <laughs> I love That's it. how much I yeah, love maybe, liver. How about you and bring bone marrow. If you want, if you want, I'll bring some liver. Like real, if you genuinely want. If to you eat. only knew how much I love liver, I had no idea. Dude, are you kidding me? Karaj in Iran, I love like Karaj. Are you crazy? Are you so me? there's a city in Iran <laughs> called Karaj, and not even care. There's Ab Ali. Ab Ali. Can you put Ab Ali Iran? Ab Ali. Uh, Ab Ali, let me just yeah, see how you spell it. Yeah, exactly. Rob. Especially with <laughs> so a white guy trying up. to go. <laughs> no, no, no. Let me see because that, that's probably. He wrote Albany. Oh, New York. Albany. That's oh, not where we're going. So <laughs> funny. Let me see if I can put it. Ab Ali Jigad Iran. Let's see Jigad if I can figure this part liver. out. Uh, 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 there's a city in Iran you would go to, Ab Ali, and then you would have this A-B? liver. Oh my God. To Ridiculous. die for. I mean, when I tell you to die for, the Iranians, they make it with the skewer. skewer it. And then you put it and you put the thing on. Onions Anyways, and I'm hungry. I don't want to go home and eat right now. So. They skewer yeah. it and they put like onions and they put the seasoning on it. And You know what's it. wild is, so we just got back from Mongolia and uh, we had a traditional dinner. And the dinner had a skewer with a piece of liver. I was convinced that this next piece was onion, what? but it, it was it was lamb tail fat. Oh, oh shit! It, but it was the most succulent good? piece good? of fat you've uh-huh. ever had. And and we had a, a sumo champion there with us, and uh, he asked me to cut him a piece of liver. I cut him a piece of liver. I gave it to him, and he went in to get some fat to pair, to pair it with. Pair, yeah. It sounds re- pretty similar though. What it's you, what it's pretty it's about. pretty damn close. And you know what? And, and Pat, not to because I know we're about to wrap it up, and uh, like always coming clean and always being honest. I think this this podcast made me and I because I, I know I just want to come clean tell everybody that I have fake I have blood implants so you know I, I, <laughs> and Carl why you, hands, Carl? I know because I, somebody was like Vinny you have a great ass I just want to stop it I learned that you are a liver lover I I had no idea it was that serious understatement okay understatement okay that on, on on how much and by the way no one in my house likes liver and caviar and those are the two things like I can overdose on my dad likes caviar a little bit I love caviar. I eat caviar like it's like ice cream. It's yeah. how much I love that and caviar and F- liver. Fish, anyway. fish eggs and liver. You know, uh, th- this is such a big deal to me. A lot of people ask me about, okay, what, what are three things in business you can do, you know, to start kicking ass in business? And I'm like, hold on a second. You've missed all the fundamental things. 
Are you eating liver? Right. And if you're not eating liver, right, I'm like, do you know how many fundamental things you can do to kick ass in life that will allow you to scale and lead better in business? And when I say that my name is Liver King because liver is king, I know I can't do this by myself. I need a hundred people that are also the liver king promoting liver. And so now that we've talked about this now, it's official. You're the liver king. <laughs> you are the liver king. Congratulations. There it is, bro. Well, the liver king. The new king. anointed liver king. Da, 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 da. Oh, my God. Wow. You've been knighted. The truth has been revealed. Yes. Yeah. It's the Iranian liver king is here. But please take opportunities in the future. You know, th this is nourishment that we've had. In our DNA, since the beginning of our time, we've recently okay. removed this nourishment from our bodies. And when you reintroduce it, this is why I love taking it onto podcasts, because you give this nourishment to somebody, and within 30 minutes, they start to feel something. And it's like... I'm for it. I'm it Pat, it. if you show up here tomorrow, no shirt on, walking through, <laughs> eating liver yolk? everywhere, just yoked up. We're it's gonna... amazing. Here's what I think we do. I, I think literally one of these home team podcasts... Okay. We make liver jigat outside, love it. Oh. and we bring it here. Please, and we eat. Please, do you know how to make it? I, if we skewer it, one hundred. You know how to make the skewer and everything. We'll do everything. You and my dad are responsible for. Okay, it. <laughs> I'm gonna eat because I, you know, I'm. Done deal. That's gonna be on you Done guys. Deal. Not too cooked. No, no, it has to be medium rare. Be, okay. Medium rare is how I like okay. it. Okay, fantastic. Well, will you try some rare by itself? The way I, I will make try it? heart. I, I will it. try any all. of that right, stuff. I'm all in. Okay, and Pat, I'll bring the Jewish chopped liver from the deli. Do it. We're good to go. And guys, I might not be around, but I would like an invitation. Oh, please, please, <laughs> I would love it. The liver's on the table up there. Oh, Anyways, uh, my man, awesome. uh, again, thanks Thank for coming you. out. This was fantastic, bro. And uh, I'm sure the audience uh, uh, enjoyed it just as much as we did. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing what's going to happen with the next chapter of Liver King. It's exciting to see what you do next. Thank okay. you. Gang, if you enjoyed it, um, uh, uh, give us a sub, you know, give us a thumbs up. At the same time, we're going to put the link below to your website that you're doing as well. Uh, Rob, let's make sure you put that below as well. Malik. Uh, to find more information about what he's got going on. And uh, stay tuned. we got more crazy things coming here very soon. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye.